show, Scarecrow Mrs. King. I'm Jim Peterson, and I'm joined by my friends, Lexi Pima and Taya Johnston. And today we'll be talking about Season 4, Episode 6, Nightcrawler, which aired October 31st, 1986. Nightcrawler was directed by Harvey Lehman, and this is the same director as our last episode, It's in the Water. And he goes on to direct several more Season 4 episodes, including Any Number Can Play and Suitable for Framing. This episode was written by George Geiger, who also wrote Stimwinder and goes on to write another favorite, Do You Take the Spy? For guest stars, I'll start with Mary Benton, who plays Edna D'Angelo. Mary also played Amanda's masseuse in season one's Weekend. She was born in 1936 and was 50 when she starred in Nightcrawler, if she called star. She died in 2017. Besides SNK, she had one episode role starting in 1973 with the Waltons, including Gunsmoke, Chips, Happy Days, WKRP in Cincinnati, Taxi, Ace Enough, Mark and Mindy, which is actually a fun show, uh, T.G. Hooker, uh, The Paper Chase, Knott's Landing, Grand Pains, and Katie and Lacey. Her last acting credit was in 1993. Robert Wortham Krimmer played the infamous Addie Brohl. Robert was born in Chicago as Robert Krimmer, but when he married his first wife, he changed his name to Wortham Krimmer, which was his wife's maiden name, which is kind of strange. On IMDb, he can be found under the name Wortham Krimmer, so maybe he eventually dropped his first name. I'm not sure. He's best known for his work on Babylon 5 in the mid-1990s, where he played Emperor Cartesia. He was also a big soap opera actor, playing in One Life to Live and Days of Our Lives as Cal Winters for 148 episodes. He was nominated for a Soap Opera Digest Award in 1993 for his work on One Life to Live, so... I don't know if you guys remember him. I don't. But I didn't watch those two either, those two uh, soap operas. He also played in The Paper Chase with Mary in the early 1980s. And he also played in Reviton Steel, St. Elsewhere, and Newhart. He even played in one episode of ER, which I might have to check out. His last credit was in One Life to Live in 2010. Third guest star I'll talk about is Maria Mayenzet, who played Mara Petrak. She started acting in 1981 and is probably best known for playing Paige Forster in The Jagged Edge with Glenn Close and Jeff Bridges, which was a pretty, pretty popular movie back in the day. On TV, she played in 11 episodes of Santa Barbara, which is one of my favorite soap operas, as Dr. Diane Bentley. She was in several other 80s TV shows, including Murder, She Wrote, and her last acting credit was in 2013. Alex Hitnoff played Yusef, the Saudi Arabian agent. Alex is best known for his roles on Star Trek and in the Mel Gibson movie Payback. That was also very good. His guest starred in several TV shows starting in the mid-1960s, including Charlie's Angels in 1976 with Kate. He was in season one, episode three, Night of the Strangler, which I'm sure Tay knows. I don't remember it, you know, off the top of my head. but Oh, yeah, it's one of the very um, early ones. Yeah. Yeah. He also starred in the Betty White show in 1978, which would have been a very fun show to participate in. Betty White, I love her. Several of the shows um, he's involved in include Barney Miller, Bonnie Jones, Trap. Trapper John and Dee, Knight Rider, Dynasty, Simon Simon, Night Court, and even Melrose Place. He also played in the 1984 TV show Paper Chase with Robert and Mary. So we have a Paper Chase gang going here in Nightcrawler. Uh, the last guest star I'll talk about, uh, Robert Casper, played Leland Huto. He's the guy from Crypto with all the riddles. Robert has had a busy life. He was born in 1924 and was drafted in the Army in 1942, where he served in India, Burma, and China. When he returned, he studied at the Goodman Theater School in Chicago and started acting in 1955. Uh, his first acting credit was Alice in Wonderland, which I was actually going to check out because I 
I bet he was good in that. He went on to play in shows like Perry Mason, Batman, um, and look at these, The Mary Tyler Moore Show, Happy Days, The Bob Newhart Show, Liberty and Shirley, Fantasy Island, Muslim Buddies, Little House on the Prairie. I mean, these are great shows to work on. He must have had a great time. <laughs> I would have loved that, just to stand back and watch these guys in action. He retired from acting in 1990, and he passed just last year at the age of 95. So he had a very interesting life. Uh, and that's all I have for the guest stars. Very nice. Thank you. Amanda is kidnapped by an international terrorist, and Lee risks everything to rescue her. So this episode begins at the Dulles International Airport, and Francine and Lee are walking out there, uh, clearly uh, disguised as uh, airline employees. And Lee's looking, I don't know what it is about a guy in a a uniform, but my goodness, he looks Mm -hmm. so good, doesn't he? Yeah, it suits him pretty well. <laughs> it really <Absolutely>. does. I <laughs> rarely find uh, him uh, unattractive in a in a uniform. That's for sure. You know, I'm not sure. Maybe a FedEx one, but I don't know. Even the postal one, he was kind of cute in it. Well, maybe the only um, what was it? Was it the Cyclops episode um, where he remember in he the jumpsuit? That, like, that jumpsuit. Yeah, and then, and then it made his butt yeah. with a tiny little waist. <laughs> <laughs> I like big butts, and I cannot lie. <laughs> Yeah, and probably the other uniform I didn't like him in was in A Little Sex, A Little Scandal when she's he comes to her house and she's being judged by the mother of the year oh, people. And he's a fumigator. And he's, a fumigator yeah, and he's in that orange yeah. jumpsuit. I That yeah, one, that was not a fave of mine. <laughs> yes. But that's about it. Because even in the postal uniform, he looks pretty delicious. <laughs> not to be like a sicko, a pervert, but there, I guess I have to own it. <laughs> He does look. Oh, the priest! No, I said the uniform. That one. I feel I have mixed feelings about that one. I feel very dirty and wrong about that one, but he does look delicious. Very taboo. It's very taboo. That's why I feel bad, and I'm not even religious. So we see who we later find out is Yusuf in this, and he's with the luggage, checking it all in. And then we actually see Amanda. Um, she's at the airport, and she's appears to be with a news crew. And uh, she's got some really funky 80s-looking glasses on. They're like, I think I had a pair like that, actually. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm embarrassed. I'm a little embarrassed to say. Um, but I was uh, probably 10 or, or no, probably 11 or 12 at this point. So um, I guess I shouldn't be too embarrassed, but I definitely had some like that. We're just being trendy. That was the trend. I guess so. I guess so. I don't know if they were, (laughs) but. I mean, I'm guessing that they were. She was wearing it, right? And if you had it, I would assume that they were trends at the time. Yeah, probably. They really aren't trends. It's hard to remember back then being so, you know, being, you know, preteen. I don't remember much about too much do of that those, stuff do you remember those suitcases though i had a suitcase like that no like, you know i never traveled until i was kind. a little older they were very strange but yeah well i i still have it i think into my you know in my storage are they they're the hard case ones um, right right but yeah they were all like that and then everybody went to these like wheel fabric kind you know they're and actually getting into the hard ones yeah the hard I have a hard yeah. case one we got for mm-hmm. Europe and they they lasted they last better than I those fabric ones. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Me too. I just remember the little pocked 
Not those kind, but the new hard case ones. Oh, really? They, they had the cool briefcase. Um, yes. Yes. I do. Boy, I feel bad for the listeners. They don't actually get to see Jen's really funny uh, facial expression she just gave. <laughs> that was funny. I had a lot of them. I see suitcases as a teenager, you can tell. Well... So getting back to the scene, we see what we assume are, you know, passengers and and travelers and things like that. But then we see them all kind of looking at one particular person. And then a blonde woman, tall blonde woman, she sneezes. And then that's the signal for Lee to know who the, the, the threat is, who the terrorist is. And he calls out that it's her, not the blonde, but the the dark-haired, shorter woman. And uh, they grab the suitcase, and he's holding it. And then they start, Francine gets the, I think she got a gun away from the woman, didn't she? Oh, darn, I have to see Lee in his uniform again. Ugh, that's too bad. Well, and his, like, seriously automatic weapon. Oh, that's, yeah, his automatic weapon. He just goes to town on that. Yeah, that's a new one for the show. Yeah, so this woman, um, she puts her suitcase down with all the other suitcases, and then she walks off, and the dog walks right past it. That's Max, the dog, and he walks right past it. And then, like I said, that woman sneezes, and Lee knows that that's the woman. And Francine comes up. She's right there, too. And then they start converging, and then she pulls out a handgun. And then he grabs the suitcase. They put cuffs on her, so she's got her cuffs behind her back so they're one of the 93 percent that do put although they're not bad guys uh and uh puts her um cuffs around her wrists and then all of a sudden we hear amanda we see a truck come screeching around the corner and amanda yells to lee for him to look out because the if he doesn't the truck's going to come and hit him and probably kill him (laughs) and then the truck pulls up and then that woman who we now we later learn is Phyllis jumps in the back and she takes off. But now somehow Yusuf yells that the, the suitcase is going to blow because you see it starts smoking. So they know it's about to blow, which I don't think bombs actually do that. But who knows? Maybe back then they did. Um, and then Lee does this whole thing. It's not really Lee. It's somebody else. Uh, obviously, it's the stunt double. Um, but he does his little uh head roll uh somersault away he throws it in the back of a brinks truck shuts it and then rolls over and then explodes uh i remember loving that clip because it was a really good one for videos <laughs> when you needed like a big boom it was like a good one and it was full of action uh and then he gets up and kind of looks around and then he looks and amanda and him make great eye contact and then he gives her a smile like you just saved my life <laughs> And she just looks totally relieved that she was able to, you know, warn him. But they did break cover to do that, which is a key point that we're going to come up against later because it's this, the one thing that seals her fate, really, because they were also filming and, and getting the information, um, not just the good guys, but the bad guys were also filming there to see what, what was happening. Well, I'll have to say kudos to Philip jumping into the back of the yeah without her hands behind her back she was very agile she just like went right up the bumper she top. really does i mean it's a little truck it's one of those little ones but still yeah i love it he goes hit the ground it's live <laughs> and that woman just keeps filming she's like my uncle he was always filming everything <laughs> but yeah that brings truck just blew seconds to spare of course 
I love his smile that he gives her, though. He looks so cute. He has some cute smiles in this episode. Yeah, he does. Let's count them. So then immediately after that scene, we see an old TV, which at the time was probably new. Um, We see an old TV and it's filming. It's showing that exact film that they just filmed, but it's got its eye on Amanda. So they totally have found out that she's connected and she's not a real news person um, so she's broke cover but I'm sure she would think it's well worth it uh, in order to save her partner and I put quotes around the partner on that one <laughs> but we hear a man and he's speaking and he's and that scarecrow anticipated him again and he's like how does he always know and he he has a source inside so he's convinced he's paranoid he's convinced that someone's you know filling in the good guys on his actions and that's how they're they're always a step ahead of him and then off that phone call then walks in mara the blonde who was the sneezer (laughs) and obviously the one uh i don't think it's a spoiler at this point her well-timed sneeze kind of gave her away that she's the the mole within his organization and she's his lover she brings in fried chicken do you guys see that that's the old kfc boxes that they had I remember my parents would sometimes bring those home, you know. So they're talking about Karbala. He's saying that Scarecrow is trying to dismantle everything he's put in place um, and he can't get a, a step ahead. And that he's getting a bunch of, you know, he's getting a bunch of crap from back home because, you know, he he's not getting ahead at this point. He's always getting caught. So that this is their last chance. Otherwise, they're going to get pulled from the assignment. I love what he says here. He's, he's like, give me time to toss the snake from my nest. Yeah. <laughs> he says so many like crazy things in this episode. Addie does. Yeah. Do you, I think it seems like both him and Yusuf, they've got like, they're, they've been tanned. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, their skin has been darkened. Could be. I was going to watch him and something else. Robert and like some of his yeah. or something. I bet you he's, not that dark yeah i mean uh, based like for sure i don't think yusuf is i think they definitely it seems like to me that his is uh more artificial or maybe it is but they've darkened it to it seems like it's been shaded his his skin tone's been shaded darker and i was just wondering if that's the case here too you know instead of because nowadays they would just have somebody from you know an arab country play that part but now back then they didn't do that you know well and also this was probably one of the first stories about terrorism right yeah from like um those countries i mean mm-hmm. this was the mid 1980s right 86 it was just starting and then it got crazy after that of course but, mm-hmm. um, yeah right this was probably a new concept for these shows yeah but it's interesting. I It's so funny. You know, I like old Catherine Hepburn movies. And I was watching one and I, I'm sorry, I can't remember. And I didn't anticipate talking about it. So I didn't look it up. I, I've seen it. But um, you know how they have like TMC, you know, the movie channel, the old stuff. They'll tell you store information about the movie before it starts kind of thing. On this one, they had a like a disclaimer, like... This was all done. This is not how it should have been done, but this is how it was done back then. You know, it's not right. It's racist and all this stuff. They did one of those things because they have Catherine Hepburn playing an Asian person who's she's clearly not at all. You know, she's 
red-blooded American and but they've you know made her eye makeup look more um you know Asian and and then all the actors in it are American you know either Americans or English you know what I mean they, they're not clearly not any descent of Asian by any means but that's how they did it back then you know so even in the 80s though I don't think I honestly don't think any of these guys are I could be totally wrong and I will you know I'll, I'll own I that, but I know. don't, I, I do think they've kind of made them look more the part than what they really truly are. Well, um, did you, did you see those recent Saturday Night Live skit, Hollywood Squares? Oh my God, that was okay. so funny. Like, oh, we were at a, yeah, yes. Squares, and it was like, they kept it kept preempting it. All, all of them out because. They yeah, were they, were, you know, they were determined to be racist. Or they, they it was racist. Bill Cosby. <laughs> They've all been they were like all canceled people. So they had Bill Cosby on there. And then they're like, he's the funniest guy. And I trust him so much. You know, and they were, it was really funny. Yeah, I did see that. That was we were laughing. That was one of the funniest. That was probably the best Saturday Night Live that the, the for this whole season. That one, the last one it was really good. But that was I know what you're talking it about. Was, it was so funny. Like looking back in time, yeah, 80s or whatever. So <laughs> and it was all up. the people that were canceled. Oh, it was so funny. <laughs> and all that was left was Baby Spice, and they kept saying her views have changed since then, and learning all of this stuff. You know, it was cute. Yeah. <laughs> but I do. It's interesting how they they handled this stuff. You know. Yeah. I mean, even them, even yeah. um, Martha playing Magda. You know. She's not Hungarian, you know, she picked up her accent from a restaurant that she visited a lot, you know, and, and same with, I think Mara too here, you know, that it's just, instead of getting those actors, they just get whatever's, and at the time it was all white people, apparently. They didn't have a decent job at it actually, but yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. I'm just saying it's, even in the eighties, it was, you know, obviously with Catherine Hepburn, the one I mentioned which I cannot remember the name I'm sure somebody will remember it or tell me um that was in the 40s you expect that right I mean you you can accept it I guess because it was so long ago but the 80s was just just as much you know it, it didn't really change that much doesn't and seem to actors from different diverse you know, yeah the only reason actors. I think um I think Bruce mentioned it um before um is that thanks to to Mel Stewart, they had, you know, anytime that he could interject and say, hey, why don't you hire an African American to play this part? You know, one of the smaller parts, you know, just like, you know, for like, um, a police detective or something like that, you know, a lot of times it was because of him that they did that, you know, which probably wouldn't have done otherwise, who knows, maybe they would have, I don't know. You'd hope, but, but it was, I think it's cool that he was looking out for, you know, to, to bring that diversity in there. And they had camp with all the women in power. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's how you do it. You, if you're in that position, you turn around. I've told this to Lexi so many times about, you know, work with work stuff is that you turn around and you lean down and grab the next hand behind you and help pull them up. You know, that's, that's your role. That's for wherever you're at. That's what your responsibility is in that role is to see who you can help behind you to pull them up so that that's going to only move you up higher. Right. I think. And you use your media to do that. Yeah. So this is, like, TV is in everybody's house. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, 
perfect opportunity to bring some of those concepts to everybody. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen, um, have you, especially you, Jen, probably, have you seen the Sesame Street 50 Years of Sunny Days? I think it's called. Mm-hmm. No, you should really look for it. It's really good. We recorded. I I just started it. But they were saying that like Maria, remember Maria from the show, right? She was saying that when she was on, you know, when she was a kid, there was nobody on TV that looked like her. So it didn't, you know, she didn't feel like she was anything because she couldn't recognize herself in because it was all especially in the 60s, it was all white women, blonde hair. And she said that Sesame Street, they brought on women of color, men of color, um, different ethnicities. It was just, it was just a, a melting pot, right? And it was so big for these people, for the kids growing up, because they're like, hey, there's a person like me. I look like that. I sound like that. I can speak that language, you know, that kind of stuff. It was really impactful. It was really cool. And I've only seen like the first half hour, but it's really good. I definitely recommend it to people. But anyways. Um, especially if you grew up you know like i'm sure jen you and i we all we all kind of grew up on sesame street you know i love snuffleupagus and you know grover (laughs) and cookie monster and all that you know so anyways yeah sorry i didn't mean to get off the beaten path on that but it was just interesting you know so mara's really playing it up here that she's oh you poor thing and you know they have to understand and it's like girl you're the one who's doing this him (laughs) which is great you know because he's a bad guy but still it's interesting so before we get into the next scene i do want to talk about the script so we do have the shooting draft and it's dated august 29th of 1986 and i have to say there's a really cute little scene here and we'll talk about it much later as well but um the right after this scene this scene happens and this amanda enters with her morning bouquet of fresh flowers purse and a manila envelope which she puts on lee's desk she replaces yesterday's flowers with the new amanda says morning how's the hangover he says what what are my chances of denying it he she goes zero whatever whenever you mix a virgin mary at 9 a.m you're whipped Amanda leads Lee to his desk. She stands behind him, presses him into the chair with a hand on either shoulder, and begins massaging his temples. During this, Lee says, you're right. Remember being 25? I'd go all night and shake it off with a cold shower and a pot of strong coffee. And Amanda says, when I was 25, I'd go all night with a crying baby. I wasn't pub crawling through the casbah like like you were. He says, I'm not entirely to blame for my condition. Yusuf kept handing out cigars and calling for another toast. I couldn't insult him. Amanda says, easy for Yusuf. All he drinks is sparkling cider. Do you even remember when I left? Amanda is gently rubbing Lee's closed eyes. He places his hands over hers, holding them in place. 10. We walked out to your car. The parking lot was dark. Your seat goes way back. And Amanda cuts him off and says, I believe you. It does go way back, doesn't it? And then after beat, she says, if you feel up to focusing your eyes, they pulled some good stills off their f- surveillance tape. Amanda comes around to a, to a chair. Lee holds one of her hands long enough to kiss her palm and says, thanks. Lee opens a middle envelope. Amanda brought and takes out four grainy color enlargements. Amanda says, I wasn't sure last night. Was the party to celebrate or to commiserate? And then an angle to the corkboard. Lee crosses to a corkboard headed Karbala covered with photos of terrorists. Some X'd out. He pins up new shots. Phyllis 
setting down the suitcase. The German shepherds sniffing, I believe it was a Doberman though, um, sniffing, wasn't it? I think it was. Sniffing for bombs, Barol driving the pickup. He goes, a little bit of both. We saved the lives of all those people, drives home the pin, but we missed Adi Barol. We'll get him. We're close. He started breaking his own rules. He was actually there when the, they planted the bomb, a first. And then Amanda says, Max's nose must have been off. He went right by it. And then they go on. So then they go on to this rest of the scene. But then later, I just want to get this in before we start the next scene of what actually happened. This is uh, Amanda just saying that that's just tourists. What about them? She point out, points out people. And he goes, those are just tourists. So then they resume. Lee slips the photo back into the envelope. He fixes Amanda with a long stare close into her eyes. And Amanda says, what are you looking at? He goes, you. I was thinking. She says, what? He says, you're a whole lot better for a hangover than tomato juice. And she says, flatterer. <laughs> Isn't that cute? And then in this next scene, when uh, Yusuf, when they come into the um, ATAC room, uh, they're, they're, Yusuf is handing out cigars and such. And he hands one to Amanda. And Amanda, in the script, Amanda says, Soto to Lee, regarding a cigar, says, what should I do with this? And he goes, just don't smoke it. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of funny. Anyways, I, that would have been cute to actually see the film version, you know? Yeah, I mean, the hangover cure, it's not, they were at work, right? Like, he was having a, a, a Bloody Mary at work? Yeah, uh, a setting? virgin Bloody Mary. So just tomato juice. Oh, yeah, a virgin okay, one. Yeah. It. Just to and try yeah, and, him you know. talking about the seat going way back. I know! I know it was good. Yeah, no, that's cute. Yeah, there's actually a story on this that I'll talk about later. When they come into the room, it looks like they're just coming into the bullpen, the regular bullpen. But then it's got this sign on the door that says, yeah, it says Anti-Domestic Terrorism Action Coalition, Agency, Federal Bureau of Investigation, Central Intelligence Agency, U.S. State Department, Bureau of Investigation and Research. So is this they've taken it over or is this supposedly a poor version of a different floor? Because if it is, they really chintzed out because it looks just like it's got the same really cool artwork, that map on the back, you know, and everything. It's the same thing. It sounded to me like they just formed this recently. Yeah. So they're just taking over the bullpen, you think? I think it's like a temporary thing, but maybe not. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. It's just because I'm like, if they're if they're thinking that we can't tell that that's the bullpen, then that's pretty sad. <laughs> well, especially because they're all focused on Addie. Or how do you say his name? Is it Addie? Addie. Addie. Oh, Addie. I thought it was Addie. Addie Barol. It could be Addie. I don't want to say Addie. I want to say Addie. So yeah. yeah. Um, they do. Different people in the show say it differently. They're focused on taking it down. So I imagine that they have temporary like headquarters set up. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Lee and Amanda come in and uh, Yusuf is there and he's like, he says, as God wills it. And he's got a big old cigar sticking out of his mouth. Nobody can do that in a government office. Who can smoke a cigar in a government office? I've heard maybe back in the 80s. Francine's outfit. I think she looks really cute there. Her eyes have the heavy blue makeup, which can, it, it just emphasizes more the blue, but the really pretty blue and then of course uh, the shoulder the shoulder pads the shoulder pads are, are they're so bad there though. i know they stick up. yeah they totally do you can so, so see you them. know how i feel about the, the 
the turtleneck, but I love the color. I totally I love the color. And, and then the, the earrings match. And yeah, I love the earrings. And her yeah. hair's kind of, it's a little helmety, but it's cute. Yeah, that was like my mom's signature style through, honestly, even like the early 2000s, she still did those freaking bangs. Like, <gasps> really? <laughs> yeah. I, I did the thing like today. Oh, you can see. I have the little clip on here. It was pushed up oh, pretty yeah. high, but my headphones have squished it. But yeah, yeah. I think she looks cute though. Keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. For an eighties, I think she looks cute. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think Amanda looks really cute too in the black and red. She always looks good. I enough. love that. Yeah. And her hair and make she looks really tan. She looks really pretty. Mm-hmm. She looks super tan though, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. When they show her, she, when they're listening, yeah, she does look pretty tan. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe she got some of that spray tan the others got. Yeah, <laughs> Jen, that's funny. Nice, nice callback on that one. <laughs> She's like, I'll listen to that. <laughs> hey, if they're all, let, let me use them. No, but I think Martha looks really pretty there, even with the heavy make, heavy eye makeup on. I think it looks, I think it looks yeah, kind of pretty. She looks great. Mm-hmm. And I even like that necklace, and I'm not much on the pearls, but I think it looks kind of cool. Yeah. And I think she's got a matching. It looks like I see some silver or something on her wrist too. Hmm. Anyways, I think she looks nice because you know I always ding her for you know when she looks horrible. Yeah. Not that not her else. necessarily, but you know who, the makeup, hair and makeup people. I'll tell you what, she showed up a lot in our nominations for the finest. Oh, she did, didn't she? So, yeah, we gotta gotta give her some cred. Yeah, that's what I felt like. (laughs) Back to how good everybody looks, but they're talking about, uh, they played played a a tape of Adi Barul uh, and him saying that he's going to make demands and he wants a crew there, uh, a news crew, and so they feel like they've got him. You know, they feel like this is a success, right? And because now they can, they can catch him. And it's just one more thing, though, that's setting them up, unfortunately. Uh, they don't know it yet, obviously. We do, but they don't. Um, and then, but they're kind of like being a little celebratory, I think, prematurely, for sure, uh, in yeah. light of what happens uh, here shortly. Not to be a spoiler, but come on. Mm-hmm. Um, this is season four already, if you haven't watched it. Come on. It's on you now at this point. 1986. (laughs) But Billy reads a letter and it's from the president and it says, three months ago, I asked the intelligence community to join forces and formulate a plan to put an end to terror at home. It works. I congratulate the ATAC team, unquote. So that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm sure that's a big deal for them, you know, to to get some accolades from the president of the United States. Obviously, we know they didn't uh, stop terror at home because look at all the things that you could talk about going further in. (laughs) But this is a uh, they feel like this is a win for them. So Billy says, hey, it's been your show so far. Lee, what do you think? You you know, let's let's go. And he they kind of break up and then. They're up in the cube bureau. And this is that scene that I mentioned earlier with him getting a head massage from his woman. (laughs) I mean, partner. And um, so this is kind of a bastardized version of it. It's been trimmed down quite a bit. And they're talking there. He's pinning up the pictures that they they have. Uh, He puts up Phyllis. He puts up some of the other 
incidental people that were there as well. Um, they've got sticky notes on people. And he, he says that Nightcrawler, his source, tell, says that this one's named Phyllis. So that's Phyllis is the one who jumped in the back of the truck. And then they actually have a picture of, of the driver and it's Adi Barol. And he said, you know, this is a big thing because this is the first time he's actually there when they set the bomb. He's kind of changing how he does things, which always leaves open the door of screwing up things because you're changing how you do things. So it's a little different. He said, Barol is using the new Belgian plastique. C dogs can't smell it. So from now on, they're going to have to go, they're going to have to forget about dogs and, and metal detectors and x-rays because that's just not how the new terrorists are doing it. Um, they're using this plastique, which nobody can smell because she was saying that Max's nose was off, but it really wasn't. Um, it's just made of that plastique. So they didn't smell it. Yeah. It just starts smoking before it goes off. So that's your only warning sign. <laughs> it just <laughs> That's your warning sign, Jen. It just starts smoking. Says the scientist. Well, the smoking kind of gave it away. <laughs> That's a little late at that point. I'm seeing that as a joke because it's like, what sneaky bomb do you have that you're going to have to start smoking? Yeah. I mean, obviously it had enough time for Lita to grab it and throw it in the truck. Right, right. <laughs> and it's not a, like it's not a bomb that explodes on impact, luckily, because, yeah. I mean, or like a pressure, you know, like a right. pressure thing. Or, yeah, the pressure change. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. He goes, but well, we're going to have to forget that about all those things. And intelligence is the only way we're going to beat the new terror. And then Amanda, you know, says Nightcrawler is a very impressive source. And, and Lee says the best, you know, and he he's very heartfelt in that. So you can tell, I mean, you know, obviously with uh, the episode, the eyes have it uh, earlier in the season, we, um, you know, really get an a, a sense that his family is really his family. I mean, like they mean something to him. It's not like, you know, sometimes they have the CIs in, um, you know, the police force have their, their informants and things like that. They don't, they just use them as a source. But aside from Augie Swan, you really get the sense that Lee feels like they're his his true family that you know he would yeah. do anything for them he would risk anything for them uh, because they do the same for him yep again putting aside augie <laughs> i don't think either one would do re- reciprocate that right yeah he's got his own set of rules <laughs> <Yeah>. for sure <laughs> or no rules was more like it yeah but uh, you do get the sense that um he he really does value his sources in in a true mm-hmm. uh a true meaning of that so um, and you can sense that when he's talking about Nightcrawler as well. So now we get like a little photo booth, which we still see these nowadays, but this is an old school one. This is 80s version. Uh, and they're like, please smile. And you have to like click, 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 click. I have I have a little film strip of this with Lane and I when we were like 17. I was 17. That's he was adorable. 19. It's so, I'll have to find it and bring it in. <laughs> so it's really cute. <laughs> But, uh, I'm staring at a bunch of them in Kinder's room right now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They still do it. Yeah. yeah, they still do. It's so cute. Do you have pictures of you and Jim like that, Jen? Um, uh, probably. But yeah. Can't think of any off the top of my head. But no, I definitely have some. Mostly from like work events or, or, or different, like planned events. Okay. Yeah, they do do those like weddings and stuff. We have yeah. some from a wedding too. Back then, I mean, this was when I was 17. I remember we we would get in there, and it was really cute. That was fun. Yeah, I'll have to look for it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Who gets little origin story? It's so cute. <laughs> I just can't believe it. It's just like it was meant to be. I know. So it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> Anyways, I do like those photo booths that, that gives reminds me of good memories. I have some with my best friends too from high school too. I have some that are really cute from that. So they use this, which is actually kind of clever. They use this because you're kind of hiding. You have a curtain uh, and they use this to talk and apparently they can hear each other. Uh, and uh, this is her way of giving him information without um, getting caught. So kind of so clever. A perfect opportunity for a confessional and get a out of the priest. You know, oh, no. Uh, no. I am, oh, my. Lexi cannot get that out of <laughs> It, that's how how good it was, Jen. <laughs> that's like the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> Mara's saying that um, Adi was despondent after the airport, and she, like she's never seen before. And um, so she she says, "I think it's real." You know, he wants this interview, and he Lee says, "Who's who's he told?" And she goes, "Phyllis, everyone. I'm safe." Meaning he, which is cool. You know, like he was making sure that she's covered that if he moves on this that she's not going to be left to be the obvious only one who knows this information you know what I mean where most people probably would be like great I'm going to use this information that's all I you know I care about when he's his first thought is who else is he told and are you safe kind of thing I think that's kind of cool upstanding you know and and a little piece of information that could have gone no one would have thought otherwise if they didn't do that but it was nice it just gave that extra layer of his true gallantry and you know that kind of thing you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. and then he pulls it comes out i would love to see what those pictures turned out (laughs) i was just thinking that probably nothing they probably are just somebody else they already had put him in there or something but it was kind of cute she's pretty though don't you think mara yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Really pretty. Yeah, her hair's gorgeous. That blonde and it's super thick. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this this scene's really cute with uh, Mrs. D'Angelo coming in, and Amanda's yeah, yeah. just kind of working away, and then Mrs. D'Angelo, who's pretty much like an HR person, right? Who should not be spewing that information out. I know it was well before HIPAA, but. I can say that it made me cringe going, oh, my God, woman, you're not supposed to tell people this stuff, you know? Right. (laughs) And she's like a complete gossip hound. (laughs) But she comes in and and Amanda's like, hello, Mrs. D'Angelo. She's like, you know, asking where Lee is. And she's like, he asked me to put together his uh, pension total and his early retirement numbers. Now I have factored in the two salary hike and the dependent breaks. It's all here confidential. She goes, Amanda's like, I'll see that he gets it. Kind of like she's caught, like, <laughs> holy crap. <laughs> and uh, Mrs. D'Angelo's like, I know the pattern. <laughs> when a bachelor starts thinking about his pension, bring on the rice. And then she has a sticky note that she wrote to, to Lee. <laughs> Lee's look when he sees her, he's like, he looks at Mrs. D'Angelo. And then he's like, looks at Amanda. And he's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's, the, I guess, the downside of being uh, in a relationship with another spy. <laughs> you probably can't hide very much. They probably mm-hmm. will know. They'll they'll pick up on all the nuances that most people wouldn't. Yep. She's like, hello. And then you can see Mrs. D'Angelo looking at both of them like, click, 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 click. Oh, I'm getting this. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep. And he goes, hiya, Edna. <laughs> he goes, uh, did we say we were coming up to the Q Bureau? 
<laughs> she goes, well, we didn't say that we wouldn't. <laughs> and then she puts a little sticky note on his tie. I think that's so cute. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, bye-bye, King. She calls everybody by their last name. So then he comes in and uh, sits down and opens the envelope that she's left for him. And then Amanda's kind of just watching him. <laughs> like the cat that ate the canary, you know. She's just... <laughs> and he kind of pulls it out and then he looks at her and gives her a smile like a little uneasy smile and she's kind of just looking at him like what's he looking at (laughs) it's so cute so in the script it is a little different when amanda and mrs d'angelo are talking she says he had me pull together pension totals and early retirement numbers. I factored in the two salary hike and the dependent breaks. It's all here confidential, right? Amanda, this is where it's different. Amanda smiles at Edna's idea of confidentiality. Maybe there's more to be learned. And Amanda says, I'll be sure he sees it after we beat. Generally, how does one go about getting a two salary hike? She goes, one marries another agent, honey. Stetson's got a new bird in his cage. I know the pattern. When a bachelor starts thinking about his pension, bring on the rice. Tell him from me. Forget the spy stuff. Go into management where the dough is. So Amanda's the one who like asked a little bit further, like, well, why would, how would he get a two salary? <laughs> and she's like, I'll marry another agent. And then it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everything's clicking for Amanda now. It was kind of cute. But I love his little goofy smile. He gives her like this little cheesy little grin. It's so cute, you know? Yeah. Jen, that's number two for your cute uh, smiles from him. It's like he knows that she knows. Yeah. Like he's like looking at her like, uh (laughs) uh-oh. I do like that we get to see the the agency at night. It's a rare moment that we actually get to see the agency at night. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of fun with all the dark shadows and, and they're cleaning and you don't see a bunch of people and it's kind of fun. Yeah. Now we do see that Lee and Billy are talking uh, in Billy's office and they're having a late dinner and Lee's just going over the plan with Billy saying, you know, the CSN van waits. Billy's got a beer. I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> he does. Yeah. Notice. And then Lee's drinking coffee. So I guess he had a bad enough hangover. He doesn't want to uh, hair of the dog <laughs> right. or something. But yeah, they're having a late dinner and they're just going over. Um, the news van has to be clean, meaning they can't be wired or have guns or anything like that. It has to be legit and not uh, get, you know, so they don't get caught. And and Lee says uh, that he'll send in Amanda and, he, and Billy gives him a look like, you know, like you really want to do that. And he goes, don't worry, you know, I'll have her stay back. She's part of the established cover for CSN, which he doesn't realize that Barol's already onto that cover, that it's already been blown because of her yelling out to give him a heads up that that truck was going to hit him. Um, which, I don't know. I mean, I find it hard to believe that he wouldn't think of that. And I know but it's did a script. Did he watch but... the playback of it? No, but he knows she yelled his name. And I guess maybe in that sense, that quick sense, he didn't realize it. You know, maybe, I don't know. It just seems odd that he wouldn't know that that was a possibility that her cover was blown because she came out of cover like that. She yells his name. She doesn't go, look out. She says, Lee, look out. Yeah, I mean, they're feeling real confident. Yeah, I think that that was their downfall. Yeah, that was Mm -hmm. the downfall is that they overestimated, you know, underestimated parole and overestimated themselves. Yes. Yeah, 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 for sure. But it is a little bit how she says it. 
watching the playback is very different than yeah, hearing. That's hearing true. That's true. It. That's a good point, Jen. I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I have the advantage of being able to watch it over and over and over and over and over again and know all this stuff. But I guess you're right, especially if it was something that he didn't get to see. But Barol certainly did. She's very passionate about it. Yeah. Her. Yeah, for sure. But I was going to ask you, this yeah. is a good time, how many times do you think you've watched this episode? Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I mean, I've seen, you know, remember, I've made a lot of videos and you end up watching a lot of the episodes in big chunks. So, I mean, it's been a lot. And then, and then if you write a story, which I've written a story on this, you have to watch it and be meticulous on all the details. So you watch it again and again until you, you know, get the feel of it so that you can write on it then too. So between the writing and the video editing, and just watching it just because and watching it for this show and you know just all the normal times I've watched it as a kid and stuff oh my goodness a lot a lot a lot (laughs) I don't know I don't count but I mean it's got to be a lot especially especially this bigger episodes you know the ones that are uh, have a lot of action or a lot of uh, romance or things like that because they're you use so much of the clips for the videos that or, or because you write on the story, or write a story about it based on it, you watch the hell out of it for that, just for that reason. But then just for pure enjoyment too, you know? I watched it with Lex. I mean, I've watched it with by myself. I watched it with my son. You know what I mean? So I've seen it so yeah. many times. A lot. Is that a good enough answer? <laughs> I was just looking for a ballpark. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I, I don't even, I mean. It's hard. 80? 80 times, maybe? Maybe? Yeah, that's, I was thinking 100. Probably. I mean, over almost, what? what is it, like 30? Yeah, it's a long time. So it came out. Mm-hmm. Thir- uh, 86. So 35 years? 35. Yeah. 35 years? Yeah. yeah. Over 35 years? Yeah, I've watched it probably 80 times at least. And in certain scenes, I probably have seen about 120 times. You know what I mean? Like, because you've seen maybe yeah. not the whole thing, but you've watched over and over while yeah. clipping and things like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would imagine mm-hmm. so. <laughs> and I've enjoyed it every time. <laughs> I watched yeah. it last night again, too. So, yeah. 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 yeah certain ones. Yeah. Certain <laughs> ones. What'd you say? I said 81. 81. Yeah, this is 81 <laughs> times. It would be cu- It would be kind of fun to be like have a little clicker and be like, click. Yeah. All right. I'm watching it again. Yeah. You know, all through time. I don't know, though, mm-hmm. but a lot, definitely a lot, more than I probably should have, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably one of the most watched, I would say, besides maybe the wedding one. Mm-hmm. I, I would say probably this one over the wedding even. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. At least for me personally, I would have. Yeah. I mean, this one has everything. Like this one has yeah. like the intriguing story, the good villain. The Not romance. Like the romance he's he meet he's like talking and interacting with Dottie like it yes yes every, it's like the the thought of the future it has like such good yes like, like just good vibes about it it's mm-hmm. a, it's, I agree it's like a perfect episode I agree it is it's yeah. it's probably in the top three of mine <laughs> oh for sure yeah easily yeah 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 it's really good and, and like you said earlier on when we were talking before that 
this could have been easily been a two-parter for sure. Yeah. I do wish they would have made it a two-parter in the fact that they could have expanded the aftermath of all this because she just, and especially in the, in the tag from the tag of the script, you're like, really? Like you were mm-hmm. just a, a prisoner of an international terrorist. He beat you. He drugged you. Like, mm-hmm. he deprived you of sleep. Yeah. What? You know, and then to and just then be no, perfectly like, fine. No, there was no come down at all. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. all, like, neatly put away, and it was just like, you know, and they don't give you a sense of how quickly the end, you know, the tag that we actually see, how quickly was that the next day? You know, I, I try to make it in my head so I feel better about it, that it's, like, uh, a week later that yeah. this is her first day back because she's had time off. I do that in my head just so that otherwise it's like, that's just, you can't go through all that and then mm-hmm. just, and then go back to your kids and mom and think, right. you know, and be like, oh, I'm a happy go lucky person. You can't. Yeah. That will, yeah. that will I mean, live with her forever. Like constant of terror for what, like two days and like just, just the fear and yeah. like the uncertainty. Like, no, there was just the, ter- the, the, the um what the toll it took on her body of no sleep of no drinking you know she probably didn't eat you know those types of things and then being scared and your adrenaline's pumping and then all the come down from that I mean all that stuff I wish they would have made it a two-parter and built more into that piece of it not all of it but like you know 10 minutes give it give it 10 minutes you know (laughs) of the episode and you can use the rest you know Mm-hmm. It would have been a great cliffhanger. Maybe. It totally, it totally would have. You could have broken it like when he was trying to get her out or something. You didn't know what happened. Mm-hmm. There would have been a great cliffhanger. Like right um, when, when uh, at the trap door. Yes. 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 That would have perfect. Been perfect. Yeah, yeah. That would have really been good. Or like, like when, it, when he sees the necklace before he looks at the face or something like yeah. that. Like that would have been perfect because you would have been like, who is, is it actually Amanda? Is it not? That would have been the perfect stopping point. If they just would have, if they would have kept the, um, the opening part of the script, that would have taken yes. a lot more time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And they could have built in yeah. some more of that romance. It would have been really cute. Yeah. I think they wanted to make it a little more ambiguous on the did they or didn't they kind of thing. Um, and that kind of, those comments about the seats go way back, you know, it kind of, I think they didn't want, they didn't want to turn off one group or the other. Yeah. So they left it open for interpretation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I would have wanted them to have that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it, but it could have been like, altered you know they've altered other things yeah anyway it, i totally agree that it, it could have maybe should have been a two-parter mm-hmm. and it had natural spots where it, it yep. would have been like a perfect stopping point to to pick up but yeah yeah there's just a lot of story on the back end that they could have expanded on yes. as well like, it was so it was such a yeah, good one I mean, I mean they could have spent on the trying to buy her and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magda back for Magda trying to go in yeah. there and infiltrate his operation. I mean, they could, could have made a lot more story there. Yeah. Kind of and and we could have seen more of Magda and Barol interacting too yes. than just that yeah. one little scene. It could have been, it could have been a really, it could have been a contender. It could have been really good though. You know what I mean? It could have been, yeah, yeah it could have yeah. been good. Um, I mean, it's great. And thank mm-hmm. goodness we have fanfic because we are able to build on all those things, you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. that we didn't 
get to see. And we'll talk about more on that at the end um, in Dottie's bookshelf, obviously. But we have some good ones that we picked, I think. So anyways, so Billy and Lee, you know, Lee's kind of defending the fact that he wants Amanda there. And he's like, she'll be safe where she can call in the strike, um, that she'll be protected in the van. Or will she? (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. He's, I guess, made Billy comfortable with the fact that Amanda's going to be part of the team and and has backed himself up on that. Like, you know, this is why. And and he understands. And now they're moving into more of the personal side, which is Billy's like, you know, this was in my round file three times, his trash, three times uh, before I decided it wasn't my decision. And uh, he hands him... um, from the State Department Bureau of Intelligence and Research, um, it's it's a job offer for Lee. And he's like, oh, he goes, SDBIR isn't a bad shop. He goes, just like that, huh? Administrative one. And gives them another cute smile with the dimples, Jen. Yeah, Get your little clicker going. <laughs> um, and he goes, what, what makes you think they'd want to hire me? And what makes you think I'd take it? He goes, well, when I decided to marry Jeannie, he goes, wait a second. He goes, what makes you think I want to marry? He goes, you will. You should. He goes, Lee, you've been a lone wolf too long. How? Uh, mm-hmm. Now that's not good. Uh, you know, it's not good for a guy like you. He goes, and it takes money to raise a family. Now he's got him. He's got him married and with kids. I guess at this point. Even when I recently rewatched it, I was thinking Billy was alluding specifically to Amanda, like that he was trying to like subtly. He is. He's being you know, subtle. Know that he knows. He's totally being That's subtle right. for okay. sure. Because he's 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 like he knows like that he and Amanda that Lee and Amanda are like he knows, but he doesn't officially stage. know. At this point, he doesn't officially yeah. know yet. That doesn't I come. Like- I think it, it's the next episode. Billy's Lost Weekend. Yeah. And that's when he finally says, whatever your relationship is, I'm fine with it. Yeah. So I, I think he like finally catches on. Right now, he's, he's like letting him know that he knows what he doesn't know. Right. Like he's being way more to... vague than he is in the next episode, for sure. This yeah. is like the yeah, first yeah. Fourier, Fourier into, I know, I know what you guys are doing <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> without being too obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's sweet that he's looking out for him, you know, and that's how a boss should be. That they're looking out and saying, hey you're just going to be stuck here. You should move on because this isn't, and he could easily be like, cause he, he's got the, the best of the best working for him. And Billy can just ride that all, all the way to retirement. Right. And just have this right. top agent closing all these cases and things like that. But he's not, he's looking out for his friend and saying opportunities here at the agency are frozen. You need to, you know, you, you'll be stuck in a dead end job. You don't want that. You need to you know think about this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you need to move to management level. And Lee's just kind of like, I hear you. He goes, if you want this man, make your move. Promotions are frozen here at the agency. If you stay here, you'll be going nowhere fast. And Lee's kind of like, oh, crap, my future. I have to think about it now. <laughs> it's easier to put your head in the sand, you know. <laughs> so now we're on the street. And uh, I've actually been down this street before. And it it definitely looks different now. And there's another street um, that's right around the same area or it's the same part of the street. When Francine comes out of her, um, and I'm sure David and uh, Sabine are probably like, God, shut up, woman, you don't know this stuff. (laughs) But I do remember we went to it. um, When Francine comes out of her dry cleaners, Mm -hmm. later on, and Lee's sitting in her car, remember? 
Um, that dry cleaners is gone. They like demolished the whole building. It's not even existing. It doesn't even exist in that um, plot of land anymore. It's just empty. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Huh. But it was there at one point. Uh, so we hear Lee over uh, this, the, the airwaves saying, uh, a single rider coming at you, Dagger One. So Dagger One is Amanda in the van. And she, he says, this could be Barul's contact. And then Dagger Two is Lee. So um, they said the motorcycle is slowing. We, we copy that dag- Dagger One. He's in his um, Corvette. So the woman on the motorcycle lifts up her visor. It's, I think it's Phyllis. Um, and then puts her visor back down and then kind of like follow me kind of thing. And so now they're following. And then she, not very long further down, she has them park uh, on the side of the street there. And I've actually been in there. They had um, some kind of, type of a record store or something in that build, one building there. And uh, it was really cute. Didn't get anything though. So then Amanda's there and she's saying uh, 10 minutes they're in, I stay here. And the woman says, you stay here. It's very obvious they want Amanda to stay in the van and not come in. They want her left unprotected. A little bit of foreshadowing there. Uh, and then two guys come in uh, with a crew. All of the people um, that work for Barol are uh, masked. So I guess COVID hit early for them. <laughs> <laughs> it seems, this mask is so weird. It seems so normal. It's like a ski mask, but not. I know. <laughs> So they follow them in and all of them come in and uh, the crew's got their camera ready to go and they've checked them out, make sure they don't have any guns or anything like that. Then we see Adi Barol there and he's got that same mask on and uh, his whole crew and he's like, welcome gentlemen, I'm Adi Barol. We'll do this interview in silhouette. Not all my enemies know my face, but I'll send my fighters away. A gesture of confidence and distraction i'm sure so he then goes behind the screen and he's we later find out he's used a mirror because he's further closer to the door probably so he can get out of there quicker and uh makes it look like he's up closer but he really isn't and then lee comes up and and goes to the van and says you okay and she's like yeah i'm okay go you know and he goes in and then they run in all the agents come running in yusuf and he's got that damn cigar in his mouth (laughs) And then uh, they shoot up the screen and uh, they chase after him. Adi's already out of there. And he shot out the um, the mirror. And then he's like, he tricked us. It's probably, the place is probably booby trapped too, which it is. And then he's like, cover me. And then he rips open the, the screen and goes through it. Now Amanda's just sitting there waiting, kind of twiddling her, her necklace. And uh, and then she sees Barul come out and she's like, Dagger 2, what's your position? Before she can get out the door, Barul's got her and tells her to drive. He puts a gun to her and she looks at the gun like, should I still try and leave? And then she's like, make thinks better of it and goes. Better not. Yeah, better, better to not be killed. <laughs> No. Seems like she could have like saying the more of an emergency if she saw Barol coming up on the van. I'd have been like, <laughs> emergency. Yeah, hello, or or get out as you're getting. Yeah, get out and then call and ask. Or you know? have the windows rolled up with the doors locked. Just a crazy <laughs> thought. There's a <laughs> thought. Crazy thought I had. Now that's uh, an easy solution. <laughs> <laughs> Although he could shoot it through the window, so that's true too. But. He could have just cracked it with his gun and then popped it, popped the door unlocked. 
totally could have, but they were probably like, don't break any glass. We have to pay for this van. <laughs> right. Well, one thing I wouldn't have done is just ask what day. I know. Get out and then days. ask. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously they need her to be in there and, and be yeah. taken. Um, yeah. She's left there as a sitting duck. I mean, she truly was a sitting duck. She didn't have a gun. You know, she's just sitting there because they had to be, have a clean van. You know, I don't. And that's why I find this, this, this seems to be, I can, I can get past the fact that, cause you guys gave me a little bit of, you know, insight. Well, maybe this, maybe that, and I can buy that. But how does he not think her, her sitting out in the van is a good idea? You know what I mean? Like, I agree. she should have yeah. been hidden more, mm-hmm. you know, she's just sitting there. And if Barul gets away or one of his people comes back. Then yeah, the she's bankruptcy was caught. just sitting in yeah. the van when the whole crew is supposed to be inside and all of his people exited on the street and she's just like sitting there in yeah. the van. That's not suspicious at all. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It just, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I this one's a harder pill for me to swallow. Yeah. That should have been a security. He was, he, they were very confident in their operation. Yeah. They, did, they didn't even think about like that it could go wrong. They, they it, and it did. It went so wrong. It went, it went sideways. Yeah. And you can see as soon as that, as soon as he went after him and that booby trap came, he was, it was like, he realized, oh crap, what, this was not about the interview at all. Not at all. It was to leave Amanda sit, a sitting duck. And he, it, you could see it like almost like a film strip going off in his head. And when it finally clicked in his head and then he ran out to the, to the uh, street and he started yelling her name because he knew. He knew yep. before he even got out there what the the end game really was, and he totally missed it. Very true. Very true. Oh, it's too bad. So now his heart's probably going bonkers, and he's just like doesn't know what to do. That yeah. stink so bad. Ugh. Yep. Because it's, it's a. I mean, it was his call. It was his aberration, right? Like his like his primary decision. So, yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. He's the one who's and running was, the show. It was their connection, like her connection yes. to him that they're that, that yeah. in, too. So and, he and he's already out. feels, he he's, let's face it, he's felt bad about her from the very beginning. You know, he's yeah. had that guilt from, yeah. from the very start. He pulled her in. Anytime that she was in danger, he felt it was his responsibility. So, and now tie into that, uh, add into that, that he's in love with her. Yeah. And yes. it's just, Ooh. it's eating him away. And you can see it. I mean, he's just like a, you know, caged animal in that, in Billy's office right there. Dr. Quid's, you know, kind of poking the bear and is like, Quid, just don't, <laughs> don't, don't poke the bear. He's gonna, he's gonna bite your finger right off. You don't get him going. He's already spun up enough. And Lee's like, damn it, Billy, the guy is a terrorist with nothing to lose. And he has got Amanda and he took her to get to me. Don't you see that? And he's like, I know which one of my agents is in trouble. I always know. He just does not look good right there. He's just, doesn't he look like he's going to cry? He looks just distraught. Oh, it's so sad. It just makes you feel so bad. At 1328, he just looks like he's going to cry. He literally really does look like that. It's so sad because, you know, he feels horrible. And then, you know, the fact that he's in love with her. I mean, he wants to marry her. You know, it's just, oh, it breaks your heart. Yeah. And he goes, does she know? He goes, about Nightcrawler? He goes, yes, she knows Nightcrawler is my source. And that's, that is all. He goes, Barol won't believe her. And then they have a note. And this note, um, later we find out this particular note was delivered by Mara. 
because he asked her to deliver a note and he says just like you did last time so he she's delivered this note as well unbeknownst mm-hmm. to us how she did it but um the note says nightcrawler for the woman he goes now you stay out of it he goes he'll use amanda to break you and we'll lose the best source we've got he goes could you watch amanda suffer and lee's just about to blow his top and then quid says how did he pick her out he goes random or he figured the csn crew for a front or he figured something else out but if i knew i would have stopped him he goes so he duped all his uh lieutenants about the the interview and he and then lee says and he bagged amanda all by himself so he kept everything quiet so that no one would know what was going on which Brule's pretty smart at that. You know, that was pretty brilliant because now no one knows. And that's how he got it done. So he definitely knows he has a mole, which is bad, especially for Mara. And then Lee says, and now he has, he's got us by the back pockets because we don't have a clue. He goes, I do this for a living, Doc. He goes, then act like a professional. Let Yusuf and the ATAC team get her. Yeah, Yusuf with his cigar out of his mouth. He goes, we can't even let her family know until Brule makes this public. He goes, why don't you bunk, bunk down in the tax center? Yeah, because he's going to rest, Billy. <laughs> Out of harm's way. And then the doc goes, he goes, I can make it in order. He goes, don't you try me. <laughs> he goes, think it over. Your first loyalty is your source. Nightcrawler's been a considerable risk for us. You owe it. And he goes, I know exactly what I owe, doc. And if I have to, I'll, I will pay it back in my own blood. Oof. That is passionate, passionate man. Mm-mm-mm. And then Quid and Billy are left alone. He goes, he thinks it's his fault, Quid. And he goes, maybe it is. If we try to tie him down now, someone will get hurt. He goes, there's more going on with him. He's got an emotional hang up and that's not good. And Billy says, for an agent, that can be bad. I remember when he didn't have any emotions at all. Aww. And then he, he says, don't give it up, Amanda. Oh, that's so sweet. And I love how they kind of make it kind of a fantastical thing. Like they can hear each other's thoughts kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that was kind of sweet and not, it kind of is not like them to do that. You know, everything's very scientific, black or white, you know, in this show. But that Mm -hmm. kind of gave it a little mystical thing where they can actually hear each other's thoughts. I thought it was sweet. Yeah. It's the love connection. Yeah, the love connection. Okay, do you guys recognize, this is a little trivia for you guys, do you guys recognize that house that they're at, uh, at 1523? It's dark, but is we it, see it later on, too. Is it the one when Amanda is dressing up as... Uh, no, it uh, is not. <laughs> that was my one guess. It is the funeral home from Playing Possum. Remember when they have Billy in that coffin? so that's from that and jen you've seen this house in person because it was on the lot it's on the other side of amanda's neighborhood on the other end yeah i recognize it now yeah Yeah. yep they do use all their resources they really do and they try and mix it up as much as they can sometimes they overuse certain areas but um you know they try and make it different it's kind of cool I mean, yeah. it, it certainly brings down the budget, I'm sure, to have it all on the on the lot like that than to have to go and get permits and shut down streets and things like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then we move to that house, and Amanda's there, and she's hearing Lee say, don't give it up, please, which is kind of cool. <laughs> I get, you know, she needs to look good because it's the show, but she looks too freaking nice <laughs> 
to be yeah. a prisoner of a terrorist, you know. Her her yeah. shirt's untucked. Oh boy. So she must and her hair looks gorgeous. Yeah. Her makeup looks gorgeous. If I looked yeah. that on my look like that on my worst day, I would be a happy camper. <laughs> right. Instead well, I look like the, a squirrel, uh, you know. This was the era that even if you're in the hospital or you're yes. shot or you're like really sick, you mm-hmm. still look great. Yep. Make one. Exactly. That always bothered me, even when I was a kid watching those shows. Yeah. They did, I, I like, did like why they, do you do that? I did like when they did A Lovely Little Affair, when he was up in her bedroom and she was asleep. Her hair was all flat and her, she yeah. didn't have really, she had makeup on, I'm sure, stage makeup, but she didn't have any color. She didn't have any eye makeup or anything like that. It was all very plain. And I was like, yeah. wow, that was like the first mm-hmm. time you actually see a more true depiction of a person sleeping or, you know, I wish they would have done that a little yeah. bit here, but I can see, you know, she's got a reputation to uphold and you know right. yeah, yeah well when i say they i mean like all tv shows yeah uh, for sure the same way so they weren't doing anything different but now it's a lot more realistic it seems like mm-hmm. you know, some of them in the hospital they actually look bad for yeah. a while <laughs> yeah and they get hit they have like a big mark yeah. they did it every once in a while like when bruce got hit um with um the artful dodger he had that big fat yeah. lip but it was part of the Actually, script they, there was that one time when francine was kidnapped too like didn't she have like something with her mouth yeah yeah a little bit she looked a little rough her hair was a little wild but she still had you know she still had her makeup on and but i feel makeup. like Burrell, he was trying to do more like um psychological like physical yeah, psychological, psychological mm-hmm. um uh torture yeah like physical torture yeah but he does her, hit her so. Yeah, you see him, I mean, the, the, you don't see it, but I mean, you hear yeah. it and you see her jump and you, you know, get the sense that, that she definitely was hit. Yeah. 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 You're totally right in that she looks great for being yeah. someone who's I guess it's possible. Terrified. It's yeah. just too difficult to make Kate ugly. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just too rough. Yeah, it's just too difficult. They yes. can't do it. <laughs> no matter, That's we tried right. and we tried and we just can't do it. No, but right. it's obvious, you know, she... And I have another problem later when they, when, with the, and I know I shouldn't, but when they, with the awesome kiss that comes in a little bit, like, all I think is, dude, she hasn't brushed her teeth in like three days. Like, oh, but what a kiss, you know? You know, he wouldn't have cared, but but still. It's a hallucination. And then she's like, oh, wow, this is real. I would just. I'd be like, oh, yeah, let's kiss later, honey. Yeah. But again, it's TV and we have to have that really awesome. And I'm glad they did it because it's so good. Yes. But it's hard, though. Yeah. 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 You just want to go, mint. Can I have a mint? (laughs) Here's your necklace and here's a mint, too. Why don't you have that for a little bit while we're talking? I know and, and that's what I said he would be like oh it doesn't matter but but yeah it he would think I would totally think that yes absolutely yeah that's too funny you see Amanda and she's in a white room with a light bulb hanging from the ceiling I mean it's pretty stark and you can hear Lee's voice saying, I'm, I'm coming to get you. And I'm sure, hopefully he's saying that to her, but she might be hallucinating this. She just, it's not like a, a given that that's her actually hearing him or 
her just hallucinating it and hoping that she's hearing it. It's not a definite. So so you're thinking that she's not even seeing that as a hallucination. You're thinking that she's just standing there waiting for Merle to come chat with her and like Lee's saying this and they're just meshing it together. That maybe she's hearing him like, you know, their connection's so strong that she can actually hear him because he does say, um, I'm coming for you, you know, and she hears that. You know, so it's possible. I don't know. It's a hallucination, pure and simple. It's a hallucination. I'm sorry, they are not telepathic. I'm saying it could be like you heard him say it, and then, but listen, I'm saying they they aren't specific on it. I'm not saying I believe it. I'm saying I think they are. Don't make fun of me. I'm gonna smack you next to my CU girl. No, I'm saying that he's the scene before. He says, okay. he says something like, "Please don't give it up. Don't give it up. I'm coming for you or something." Hold on. He goes, "Don't give it up, Amanda. Don't give it up, please." And then you see her, and then she hallucinates him. I'm not saying he's like showing so up for. He's like you know you guys made fun of me saying that other scene wasn't wasn't real (laughs) fuck you what about you miss fairy pants that's what i'm saying i'm like what what fantasy novels are you reading (laughs) no i'm saying it's not a given they haven't made it they didn't say one way or the other is all i said i don't i don't think you can hear people's voices you're such a bitch okay first off you guys made me feel bad about the last one and i was right a bunch of people came out and said no Taya's right and you guys are wrong and they said jen should be fired well let's ask our listeners do you think please i'm deleting this i'm i'm taking this out you bitch you're such a bitch to me Anyways, moving on. I did not think that they had a telepathic. I don't think so either. I'm saying, oh my God. But just let me, let me talk, okay? But I think they probably know each other well enough that they kind of be thinking what the other is thinking. And so she is imagining him saying, you know. That's kind of how I feel too. And like, you know, she imagines. Later. Just like well, later he he sees her in the kitchen too, you know. I just yeah, I just think that they know each other well enough that she probably is like that. And this is what he do in this situation, right? But I think it's that loose. I don't think they're telepathic. I don't think yeah. that at all. So don't think I'm th- saying that. I'm saying they're not specifically going one way or the other. They just kind of leave it out there. That's all for interpretation and to be made fun of. Apparently. <laughs> Thanks for the laugh. That was cute. You're a bitch. <laughs> it's a unique interpretation. That's all. Oh, I it's was cute. saying is they left it open. I'm not saying it's what happened. I think she just was hallucinating. She's been sleep deprived. And he's like putting all those chemicals around her and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I do like her shirt, though. That little gray thin stripe, pinstripe in there. It's kind of cool. Especially for 80s. It's just very basic, you know, but it's cute. Oh, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Simple. Yeah. And then he shows up and he's like, it's all right. You knew I'd come, didn't you? And she's like, yeah. He goes, did he hurt you? She's like, no. He goes, I've come to take you home, Amanda, but you're going to have to wait a little longer. And she's just kind of like, um, how much longer? Because I'm kind of getting sick of this place. He's like, I can't stand it. It's killing me. 
Remember, I love you. And then he disappears. And she's like, oh, no, don't go. I'm sure that's that probably helped her get through it, though. You know what I mean? That's her mind helping her through that. That. Okay, you know yeah. what? I'm just I'm just watching the show too, talking about it. Jen, she's picking on me. No, but she's, that helped her crying. through. Yeah, she's crying. Yeah. <laughs> she she's like a dog with a bone. No, I think it's that hallucination of him giving it her support. Her it brings her comfort yeah. and makes her more, yeah. you know, be able to to survive all the torture that he's doing, you know, whatever the psychological yeah. warfare he's doing on her. Absolutely. And he seems to be getting a kick out of it. He's like, it's funny how the mind plays tricks on you. And he's got her purse with him, too. Yeah, he's a well, sick puppy, kinda, for sure. Mm-hmm. It ties into her reality, right? The visions are kind of a reality check, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I am going to get through this. It's okay, hang on. Yeah. She knows he's going to come and get her and save her. Like, yeah. she believes it in her heart. So it's yeah. probably what's getting her through. And being able to block out what he's trying to get her to answer the question Mm -hmm. yeah he goes when you're tired but sleep deprivation is a disturbing thing she goes i'm a reporter for csn i'm doing my job i don't know what you're doing (laughs) he goes i'm trying to find a few things out she goes i thought you wanted an interview he goes i got one you how did you find out about the airport she goes a tip he was from your lover from stetson she's like no from a source that's just what this is all about, isn't it? But we'll go, we'll get to that. So Stetson thought he had me, hmm? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just trying to do a story. He goes, about me? About catching me and putting me up for public display? Is that your cover? Oof. And then he slams that chair. All the, just the, the minor movements he has, it's just so threatening without being overly threatening. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oof. And you can tell she's just kind of backed into a corner like a little, like his prey. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And she's like, just call the station. You know, they'll, they'll back me up. He goes, you and Stetson, cut me off from anything that would make this easier on you. And he gets really close. Oh, his eyes are so scary. He goes, drugs, yeah. hypnotic inducers. So I guess he's not that saying he's not able to use those things. He goes, let's look at some pictures. And then he shows her photos um, and people, she doesn't know. She doesn't react. And he goes, and if you don't feel like cooperating in time, I'll insist. Oh, boy. Ugh. He's creepy. So he shows pictures of Phyllis where she has no reaction. Phyllis again and some dude, no reaction. Mara, no reaction. And then he shows a picture of Lee. And she's this, she makes a reaction, which you would think, I guess she's sleep deprived and she can't control every emotion but she definitely let it slip and i guess they need to you know to show that but it seems like she'd be able to at least you know make no especially when it comes to protecting him yeah but when it actually validates well i think he already established that she knows lee right but so to begin with when person it should be lee and not right that's true well on the the two photos of phyllis she looks at it and then looks down and on the photos of mara and lee she just looks at the picture she doesn't look down at all so that's how he knew he showed the picture of mara and she just looked at it and then he showed the picture but she doesn't know who mara is right no she doesn't well then how does he know that it's mara because later on he he figures it out i think he figures it out yeah but i don't think he he knows it from here though i don't think he learned that from her Mm mm-mm I think he I think there's another part that I just can't remember right now off the top of my head because I watched it last night uh 
that gives it away for him. Okay. Yeah. I don't think she gave yeah. it away because she doesn't know it was Mara. She had no clue. She I only know she who know. she only knew that there was a source named Nightcrawler and that's it. She didn't know what she looked like. Nope. She didn't. Got know. it. Okay. Yep. yep. Got it. So now we're um, with Lee and he's in with the crypto guy and uh, Leland. He reminds me like the way he speaks um, reminds me of uh, Dr. Lecter, like Hannibal Lecter. Oh, really? Ooh, yeah. Creepy. Now that gives me a whole nother. Ooh. Like just the way that he like talks and um, like his speech cadence. Like it's, I got that vibe from him. Mm. He seems like a nice guy, but he has a lot of pencils. <laughs> Maybe he kills people with pencils. Ooh. Oh, um, there was a little bit. <laughs> kills people with pencils. Well, if he's Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that last scene where Amanda was hallucinating and seeing Lee, just slight difference of what they said. Uh, he says, it's all, it's all right. You knew I'd come. Didn't, did he hurt you? And she says, no, take me home. He goes, I will not yet, but I will. I love you, Lee. Do you know how much I love you? And he says, I know I can't stand this. It's killing me. She goes, what's it mean? Don't give it up. You know, like what does, what does don't give it up mean? She goes, please Lee. And then he leaves. Then when Brule comes in, Amanda actually says, this is ridiculous. He goes, you know, it's not because you know me. You chased me for weeks. That was a little confusing because if you're saying don't give it up, he could be meaning don't give up the source. But I don't think that's what he means. I think he just means don't. Don't, you know, don't give in. Don't, don't, don't give, let him yeah. break you. Don't give yeah. up on it. Yeah. yeah. Don't let him break you. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, it is a little confusing way to do that. Yeah, it is a little bit. Um, so this is uh, Leland Hutto, and uh, he's in crypto. So Lee's gone to him to try and figure out how Barol knew about Amanda. You know, what gave it away. And he's got a jar of pencils that he, and a little thing. Can you imagine your desk, all it has on it is a pad of paper and some pencils with a pencil sharpener next to it? <laughs> Not even yeah. a phone. And um, he's like, how did he figure this out? We've been zero contact. We haven't seen each other, uh, you know, publicly at all. How did they figure this out? And he goes, you know, the crypto motto, the riddles, the thing. He goes, I can keep my trap shut. He goes, how did he spot Amanda? We were supposed to be under zero contact. He goes, perhaps the cat's eye principle. He goes, what? He goes, in the dark, there's light, but you can't see it until you see it in a cat's eye. It's like an obverse prism. And he, I love this. He goes, you have a stolidly literal head on your shoulders, don't you, son? He, he goes, think inside the puzzle. Like Adi Barol, Leland says, he couldn't see the light until he saw the light from the cat's eye. When a woman's in love, she sees from special eyes. And then she, he drew four hearts intertwined together. And Lee realizes, he goes, yeah, sure. He goes, sure. She yelled out my name at the airport because that was the only way for her to save my life. Now, if Barol had us under surveillance, he might have seen. He goes, there's always a key. He's like, thanks a lot, Leland. You just earned yourself a couple dozen Ticonderogas. And then you see a bunch of smoke coming up. <laughs> and it was, it's Yusuf from Saudi Arabia. The lo- he was loaned out to them. He goes, those are pencils, Yusuf. <laughs> <laughs> and he pops up. He goes, I am where God's will is. He goes, in this case, it's a shortcut to Steno. <laughs> I love this. He's like, now I want you to stay out of my business. You hear me? Stay out. You know, he goes, you know, I'm kind of glad you heard, pal. So now he realizes that Yusuf knows that him and Amanda are 
romantically involved. I'm glad you heard because now you know I can't sit this one out. That he's got to find her and get her back. He goes, nor can I. Look, Barul deserves to die. He goes, yes. He goes, if for no other reason than for this shame he has brought to the Arab people. Let me run your source. And Lee says, no, I can't give you Nightcrawler, Yusuf. And then Yusuf finally relents. And he's like, okay. He goes, I expected not. Barul will never kneel for the headsman, meaning the guy is going to chop his head off. Perhaps God wills that you should swing the axe. And then they shake hands on it. So he doesn't, Yusuf wants to have the glory and, and, you know, be the one that drops the axe. But at this point, he's finally relented and said, hey, as long as he's dead, that's all that matters kind of thing. And maybe it's, maybe it's, he keeps saying it's God's will. So it's God's will. Maybe it's you that should be swinging the axe as long, as long as it's, Someone's swinging it. I think he's happy with that. Yeah. So here's the 1001 number orange, it looks like, um, where she's coming out of the dry cleaners. Like I said, that doesn't that building doesn't exist anymore. I've been on the street. And this is on the same street. I remember. Not a great memory, but I remember. Um, this is on the same street where they had the warehouse where Barul had that fake interview set up. Oh, okay. where they Where they nabbed Amanda. Same street. And so Francine's coming out and she sees someone in her car. She obviously recognizes that it's Lee and he looks a little distraught. So she kind of gets in and, you know, she can tell she's like, she kind of goes, her shoulders kind of slump down. She feels bad for her friend. She really looks good in yellow. I was just going to say, she looks stunning here. Her face and her hair, her earrings, her style. She looks beautiful. Yeah. Seriously beautiful. And it's her hair's really long and kind of more straight mm-hmm. than it usually is. It's kind of Soft softer and so yeah, tall. and fuller, yeah. yeah, without being too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like Amanda's waiting for me to come and get her. She is counting on me, and I'm helpless. He's going to try for an ID on Nightcrawler. She goes, "Don't think about that, all right. Just stick with what's practical." He's like, "I'm going to try to re." Vive, an old case. You still have those brown contact lenses? And she's like, Maja Pectrak? And then we're at her her uh, store here, too. I've been down that street, too. That's still there. It's not a, a dress shop, though. <laughs> I think it was a restaurant. Yeah, it would be cute. I'd call it Magda's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be cute? That would. So Lee's there, and now Magda's there all of a sudden. So it's kind of cool. Francine gets to revive her. That's kind of fun. Yeah. I always like seeing her as a brunette with brown eyes. It's just so different. So different. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lee's asking her to help. And she's like, you know, without you, I could never have defected. Yeah, without Amanda too, lady. Remember, Amanda say, rescued you, or, like risked her life for you. Mm-hmm. And you were mean to her kids. And you weren't very nice at all. She's like, I have a debt to you. But then she's like, but what is the cost of a new life? He goes, I can't tell you that, but I think I do know what it'll cost to save a life. She's in the hands of Adi. I was his mistress for three years before I defected. You know that. He has power. He goes, a fatal attraction. She goes, yes. To my whole family, it seems, because her sister is Mara, and that is so gross. (laughs) They've they've both been with the same guy. Oh my god, I forgot. I, I must block it out every time. And she's still, I mean, I know she's playing the role, but she's still kisses him later on. It's I like, know. Oh no. Well, and oh no. Magda, uh, essentially, I mean, obviously she doesn't, but Magda sleeps with him. 
know. So she, Ugh. I mean, if that's not paying a debt back to Amanda, I don't know what is because she definitely paid it back by sleeping with that monster. You know, I mean, obviously she'd done, she had done it th- for three years before that, but still just at 2148, Martha looks so soft there with that dark hair and the dark eyebrows and the dark eyes. She just looks so much softer there, I think, than as a blonde. I don't know. I see too. She does look good as Brunette. Yeah, right, she's, you know, she's she, gorgeous. She yeah. 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 I just, I, she just, it's such a different look. She looks more wholesome and more, um, I don't know. I guess her blonde with like the heavy makeup can yeah. look a little severe. Yeah. See, I mean, look at her. She looks like puppy dog eyes, you know? They just look so, can you see it or no? <laughs> That's the same. Yeah, I can see it. I know. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it, she just looks so like, like she looks like a sad little puppy dog, you know, instead of that harsh, you know, more harsher look. Not that she, they I both, she's both gorgeous. The character though, like, cause Francine's such like a hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, uh, but those brown, yeah, dark I mean, brown yeah. eyes like that really bring yeah. it out. Yeah. But yeah, they're totally, it's, it's a really, I'm trying to compliment. It, it really is a compliment of that. The, she can play two different people that are completely different, you know? Yeah. yeah. Although they're both a little snarky. Oh, yeah. Both have a little bit of attitude. Yeah, a little attitude. So she's saying, this depends on much. He must believe that I never came west in my heart. He must have a desire. And a wig won't fool Adi. Not if I can get him to take me to bed, to his bed. He goes, that's the only edge we'll have. You might be the one person that he trusts enough to see Amanda. He goes, if your sister gets you in. And he's interested enough to give you the chance. And she goes, I'll get her in. She looks really pretty with her hair up, too. Mm-hmm. All the ladies in here are really pretty in this episode, I think. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, they have like a harsh one there, but everybody looks really pretty. Mm-hmm. And then Mara says the one thing about Adi, he's always interested. And they're so practical about this, though. You know, the two scissors. Really I, I mean, you would think it would be like really. Ooh. But don't you think this is part of why he suspects? It's because the timing is interesting the uh mara's the one getting Magda in there but if um, she was such a part of his life and he's probably not when it comes to magda he's probably not thinking with his big brain and he says too like in a little bit he says like i don't trust anyone even you like he says yeah something he does like say that, that. Fact, and then it's, and then it's way later on that like there's a specific reason why mm-hmm. you know that, that he ends up because he feels like she saved him you don't know yeah no no <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think he's really I, thinking. In, I think in I would be suspicious if I were him, but maybe yeah. not. Maybe he's not thinking about it at all. Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, he's I mean, probably just he suspicious all the time. Amanda. Yeah, exactly. Like he didn't bring her to Amanda right, right. off. It took yeah, not until time. the very end. Yeah. Yep. When they kind of, you know, pushed him into a corner. But but what guy's going to turn down like someone so? That's what I'm saying. Right there and they already have and they have that really long yeah. range. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's so yeah. out of character. No, I gotta shut it down. Good. There we go. Maybe not, but yeah, he isn't like a major operation here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, he's a man, a straight man. <laughs> yep. By a that's what I'm woman. saying. He's not thinking. You know, it comes down to that. Yeah. He's got a lot of stress. He's got to work it <laughs> Well, um, now we're back in the white room with Amanda, and she's finally able to get a little, she's at least got her eyes closed, 
And then all of a sudden she she hears Lee say hi and she looks up and she goes, oh, look at you. Because he's he's in a tuxedo and he's got a big bottle of champagne and flowers. And uh, so she's making this hallucination and he looks pretty good. He's got he goes, it's a special evening and I've got a special question. And in this in the scene, she says the film scene, she says, oh, come on. I know you're not really here. But in the script, she. He says, it's a special night. I've got a special question. And she goes, anything to do with pensions? <laughs> and he says, you've been snooping. She goes, I've been hoping. And Lee holds out a black velvet ring box. And then Amanda's point of view, in Lee's palm, only now it's a long necklace box. He opens it to find the Garcia Vega cigar smoking inside on a on a bed of red satin. She closes the box. Lee, you teaser. What have you really got for me? He leans close, going, hand going to her face, cupping her chin. Lee whispering, don't give it up, Amanda. Think about how much I love you. Please don't give it up. She goes, I won't. I promise. And then, then it switches to then brawl. But I like the little bit of, you know, little fun in there. She's like, is it something about pensions? <laughs> it's kind of cute. And then they... When I was a kid, I never, ever understood when he, like, paints over the camera of what that was until I was an adult. And then I realized, oh, that's him making a mask of her. I never, it never clicked in my head what that was. I thought it was him trying to make her. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad it's not just me. When I was a kid, I never realized that that was, he was putting a mask, you know, putting the, the stuff on her to make a mask for of her. I thought it was he was doing that to make her hallucinate. I 100 as of today when I watched this episode, I was like, "That's weird that he, that the actor would like choose to paint the camera, though." Uh, yeah, it was like, just, just to, like, to get the smell to her. Yeah, it was just but to emphasize that he was putting it over her face, and that was her viewpoint. For Mara later on. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Well, I'm glad I could tell you something new that I learned when I was an adult, but not that far long ago. You know. Wow. Yeah. I, I my mom. Well, he, does so say, much he does say dream again, so it makes it sound like he's yeah. Kind of put her to sleep, but yeah, he, was, he actually says. Barol says it's amazing how you can sleep when you're terrified. The body has so many defenses. Sometimes you can trick it. She says, "I was dreaming." He goes, "Dream again and try to breathe through your mouth." They they don't have that because and it says he lifts a laden brush out of the bull and brings it right into camera causing us to fade out so it makes more sense now but it didn't back then you know when i was a kid i didn't know what he was doing the actual scene it switches to from lee to barol and then uh mara standing there too and then it now it's just pictures again so she's back to reality at this point and he's getting a little bit more fierce and he hits her and Oh, I hate that, that he hit her. That makes me so sad. Yeah. But it's intense. Really, like, just menacing. Yeah. yeah. He's very menacing. His dark eyes mm-hmm. like that. He's very scary mm-hmm. and intimidating. Yeah. But he does he's have that the bull there. eyebrow going on. Too. Yeah. Like the... Yes. Mm-hmm. Oof. So uh, it seems we just had, though, sort of implied that he found out from Amanda that Nightcrawler was his lieutenant, the way he said it. Mm-hmm. He must have just been guessing or something. I mean, I just don't see how. I think he's, you know, he's probably narrowing things oh. down. Like, oh, this is who I told on this and this, and who's the one person, the center person on every single one of those. I'm sure it wasn't too difficult to figure it out. 
Yeah, it's just weird that he was just it's like, have you seen her? Have you seen her? And then he's like... Well, there was a so, picture. He was holding he up a picture. He was holding up a picture of Phyllis, too. You know what I mean? In there, yeah, too. Yeah, at the very end of the scene, he yeah. says, so... Mara, my lieutenant, she's not a crawler. And then he was on But she never knew that. She honestly did not know that. So it's not like he picked up on it. He might have thought he picked up some something, but she didn't know. Even Lee said she didn't know. And there's nothing in the script about that? No. That's just so weird. I agree. She shouldn't have known. Yeah. That that scene implies that he got it from Because they wouldn't want Amanda to be the one that that gave away the source. You know what I mean? That she wasn't strong enough to give away the source. I think he just kind of figures it out and then. No, I agree. It's yeah. Just, the scene is weird. That's but it could be that somehow she did. I don't know. But now he's getting coffee, you know, has a cup of coffee. And then you see in a little cot there, little Magda Petrock in the bed with him. So she's all, you know, like mm, doughy eyed and waking up. Oh, you know, I mean, that's pretty good acting for her, too. Anyways, you know, to, to pretend to be with that guy and have to go through it. Ugh, can you imagine you you despise the guy and you have to, like, sleep with him just to save someone's life? Oh, that would suck. Unless he was really good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in your eyebrows, your eyebrows raised. I saw it, you little pervert. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she was getting something out of it for three, you know, to be in a relationship for three years with him. But he's saying... Don't don't raise your little eyebrow to me. He goes, I've hidden Amanda miles away. She goes, oh, why bother? I doubt Stetson will betray his source, even to save her life. But you should put him in hell with the choice. She, she goes, what are you staring at? He goes, your soul. I wonder what kind of deceit I'll find there. So he doesn't trust anybody. No. She goes, you never trusted me. He goes, I never trusted anyone. I think she comes pretty close, though. He goes, why should I change for you? He goes, your sister's coming. How will you explain it tomorrow? She's a, she's as big a fool of you as I am. He goes, did my fool forget to uh, get a fat fee? And she goes, it's a modest fee. They trust me with $5 million. If I lose it, my fee is a bullet. But you never said if, and he goes, if I wanted your deal, I think I do. So he wants $5 million for, for Amanda, something for his troubles, and something to help with Karbala. He goes, I never asked you what the Libyans plan to do with Amanda King. And then he kisses her. Ugh. And then we get a, this is the first time that Lee and Dottie are being introduced to each other. She goes, if you're the termite man, we can't possibly afford you. <laughs> He's like, no, ma'am. <laughs> he goes, I work with Amanda. And she's like, oh, yes. She goes to shake his hand. and She's got a rubber glove on. She's like, you look vaguely familiar. Yeah, you've seen him a bunch of times. She goes, I was just picking up the den. She goes, well, I wasn't picking up the den. I was picking things up from the den. That's where Amanda gets it. And he's like, it's a nice house you have here. It's like, Lee, you've been in it a million times. Yellow flowers on the table there. And then he sees her, which, okay, I do have a problem with this because, one, he wasn't there. This was before he even met her. That first one is from before he even met her. Two, the second one wasn't even in that kitchen that was in their fake kitchen as on the second episode. The third one, he wasn't there for that one. <laughs> that was also the second episode. And then she shows up. So I like, you know, I like, I love flashbacks anyways, but it's like they could have done, used ones where she was, he was actually there and saw it. Absolutely. That irritated me a little bit. But I do like the I think the scenes where he comes up to the window. Yeah. The that would have been oh. freaking cute. Yeah. That would have been, it's so easy, you know? 
from his point of view kind of thing. It would have been really cute. Anyways, but it's sweet that he feels connected to her enough that he sees, you know, he kind of imagines her there. You hear Dottie clearing her throat and he's like, what? What? I was, why is it that you said you came by? Oh, I'm sorry. I was, uh, I was just thinking. I was just staring. You have no idea how many times I've wondered about you. Well, it's, it's mutual. Listen, Amanda will be at least another day. She didn't. She didn't call or anything like that, did she? Well, that that might be her. I mean, she usually calls when she goes out of town. Fact is, she's usually with you. <laughs> Hello? Uh, oh, yeah, just a minute. Stetson, it's for you. Oh. wonder why that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. How's Amanda's mom? Uh, a lot cooler uh, than I am. <clears throat> uh, did you find a buyer? Uh, yeah, a couple of real Libyans, in fact. The Hobby Brothers. The cover's press dates, but uh, they're really shopping for airplane parts. What'd they offer? Well, I had to throw in a couple of uh, F-15 fuel pods and a Xerox machine, but I did get them up to 100 grand. Well, don't tell Amanda. Ah, huh? uh, it's just the office party. <laughs> just some crazy people here. <laughs> uh, do they know Barol? By reputation. He's going to hear that they're dealing him out. They've got the bank credit to go the deal in case Birol does his homework. Uh-huh. How do they like Magda? Oh, charm, darling. Well, that's great, huh? You go for it. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. So they have a plan to use these Habib brothers to kind of make it seem like they're it's a trap for Adi so that he'll then uh, go with Magda, the real Magda, and go from there. He takes her necklace, but then they show a picture and it's totally not her necklace. This one has like a stem at the top where hers is the, it goes through the back like that, like mine right here. It goes through the back. It doesn't have a stem at the top. It's just like that. This one in the picture, they actually have a, it, where, you know, like a little, I don't know what you call those, Lex. You probably know the little um, opening nah, for the necklace to go head. through, you know, the little loop there. They had yeah. that on that necklace. So obviously Kate's like, you're not breaking my necklace. <laughs> you're not messing with, you're not messing with mine. <laughs> yeah. He goes, I won't lose it. I'm sure it has sentimental value. She's so, she's in white and she's so clean. Like I would have been like, look like pig pen from the, from uh, peanuts, you know, <laughs> after a couple yeah. of days like that, especially in white. Hell, I can't even uh, go yeah. an hour in a white shirt without spilling something. Yeah. Mara meets him and, uh, She's in the same building as Amanda because he just came downstairs. Uh, so she's in whatever building he's in currently. That's where she's at. He goes, I made love with your sister last night. She goes, it's not the first time. He goes, but I always come back to you. And he kisses her palm and he goes, so the practical view is best. <laughs> like, what? So but then gross. she sees she sees Amanda's necklace um, sticking out of her his pocket. So she makes mental note of that of what it looks like and everything. And he says, deliver this like the first. It's my deadline. I'll move the woman a few more times until Stetson gives me Nightcrawler. You're staring at her, dude. Or I deliver Amanda to the Libyans. So now we're back to the photo booth. And Lee, uh, you know, is sitting there. And he says, it was in his pocket, a heart-shaped platinum, on a heart-shaped on a platinum chain. She goes, Adi has a fetish. He wants nothing in his pockets to ID him. He checks every minute. He must just have just put it there. He goes, this could be the break. She goes, be cautious. Adi has six houses in D.C. or more. He says he moves Amanda. We never are told where or when. He goes, why do you think I'm sitting on my hands, huh? 
He goes, do you know where she is? She says, I've drawn a map. It's taped under your seat. And then she drew a picture of the necklace too at the top. He goes, all right, I've got to try. His new deadline only gives them 12 hours. And the whole Libyan thing is too iffy. What's the risk to you? She goes, Phyllis has been to the house, but Adi won't need much suspicion to kill me. I don't want to die, but I don't want her to die in my place. That's pretty cool too. Upstanding. Yeah, noble. Thank you. Definitely. So now we're at night and they're at the house that they used in um, playing possum. And Francine's there with them. And so he's got a mobilizer with him. That's the zap gas. And he's he's got the whole, you know, um, black stuff across his face and everything. So he's really into it. So does she. <laughs> kind of cute. He's she's got a signal that she's tracking him on so that she can tell if, you know, he's there and he goes in. It's just the two of them because they don't want to raise suspicion. He gets in and gets into the house and then he throws the gas into the house and that immobilizes parole. Again, great, but he underestimates Brule and falls into his trap, literally and figuratively. The The zap gas brings Brule downstairs and he falls to it because he doesn't have the antidote that, uh, that uh, Lee's got. So he can keep moving and be fine. But this zap gas makes you stiff and you, you can't move and then you'll feel like a train wreck afterwards. So he tells Francine that he's got Brule, but there's no sign of Amanda. So he's going to go look for her. So he handcuffs Brule. He should have put both hands around that damn thing. He didn't. He underestimates again. He gets her necklace, though. So he's a good man there. (laughs) He'll come with jewelry. That's not always nice to meet up with your woman after a while, after you've been gone. Uh And he goes, if you've heard her, my business with you is just beginning. (laughs) And then he opens the door to the white room that we know Amanda's been in. And it looks like Amanda. Obviously, it really is when they shot that, but then it's not after. And then you see him already peeling. You don't see anything. You just see him peeling some a mask off somebody. So you know it wasn't a look like authentic looking mask for obvious reasons. And then we see Mara. So Mara's there. She's not dead, but I thought she was dead at that point Definitely, when I first I watched know. this. But obviously, I know she isn't. But and then what is on that net that he's in? It's so slimy. Know. It's like gross. Ugh, nasty. Anyways, yeah, it's like pure sludgy, slimy stuff. Ugh. Yeah. Well, so he's stuck in a net, so he's screwed now, right? And then Adi was is able to pull from his his cuffs you know he can get uh the cuff open now with his little uh lock pick wire thingy he's got there he's gonna like zap it electrical charge or something maybe maybe that's it like because because doesn't he shock leave so like with with water like he make it more intense he says it's no it's um salt he tells him it's salt and he sprays salt into his eyes he says it's salt. Oh, he does? I mm-hmm, he, he does. It comes, it's coming up right now. Hold on. You should have, you should have slit my throat when you had the chance, he said. I get my hands, he goes, I get my hands around your neck and all. And he's like poking at him. He goes, where's Amanda? He goes, you found Nightcrawler upstairs in the cell. So did I. She's not dead, you noticed. Nor is Amanda. My business with you has just started. He goes, get me out of this stuff. He goes, come on, get me out of it. And he goes, it's over. 
I'd close your eyes. You should have come in with an army, Stetson, but I knew you wouldn't. I know you so well. And he sprays him some more. And then you hear beeping. And Francine's watching and then the whole building explodes. It must be in the script or something. I know they said, it. He, he says it's salt. I thought he said that, but he says it's over instead. But it sounded like it's salt. I swear that's what he said, but maybe it was But maybe it is in the script. Yeah. Anyways, he's spraying it, and salt would hurt in your eyes, so. Yeah. Here's salt in your eye. So Billy comes in, and he goes, relax. There were no uh, human remains in the house. And she's like, he goes, and stand up. And she's like, yes, sir. (laughs) So he's pissed at her because she went behind his back and helped Lee. She goes, Lee didn't want a big force. Um, He didn't want another uh, Egyptian airline disaster on, on his hands. He goes, how in the hell do the, uh, the Libyans, she goes, one of the few people that he'll trust is Magda. He goes, it's a, it's a, she goes, it's a long shot. He goes, it's a sucker's bet, but it's the only option we have. She goes, we're setting up parole. So he thinks he's been stung. We needed a couple of harmless Libyans to make it work. I found the Habib brothers. Face it, Billy. The Libyans are paying top dollars for American hostages. It'll work. So now we're at the other house. He's got a bunch. And this is where everything starts coming together. So now everybody get ready because this is the this this is the the you should have brushed your teeth moment. Yeah. I love that he comes and gives her the biggest hug, and she's like, "Oh, this is getting pretty good now." There's some smiles in here. He goes, "Are you alright?" She goes, "Oh yeah, you know, I can actually feel you. I think this is probably the best solution I've had yet." And then he gives her a big old kiss, and you hear him moaning. She goes, "Oh wow." Yeah, don't don't talk right <laughs> directly in his face, Amanda. <laughs> he goes, it's me. It's really me. She goes, no, it's, it's not. And he goes, come on, feel it. See, it's me. She goes, it's, it is you? It's you? You're here? She's like, hello. <laughs> so cute. And then Adi comes in. He goes, it's hello. It's goodbye. It's like a Beatles song. <laughs> it's hello. It's goodbye. He goes, I've got Nightcrawler. Why do I need her? And then he points the gun and the gun clicks. There's nothing in the chamber. He goes, I do have a bullet in the chamber. You want it? He goes, I have an offer from the Libyans for her. I like it. It's up to you what happens. Give me a list of the ATAC team. Your assets here and abroad. Your sources. Your fronts. Oof. So here's a question for you guys. Do you think he really gives all that information I mean, or does he make it up Burrell says like I know enough to know that you gave it yeah Um, but do do you think he made up stuff or do you think he really gave or did he give just enough information that's not really real that makes it look real I would think so too but that's his woman yeah right that's what I'm wondering but he knows that even if he gives it he's not going to get I think he's trying to buy a little more time. Yeah. You know, give, give Francine and Billy a little more time to get to them. He knows yeah. that they're coming. Yeah. What do you think, Jen? Do you think he gave the real stuff or the fake stuff? Yeah, I'd probably part real. To make it work good enough and then rest fake. There was a fanfic <laughs> a, a long time ago, I think, that um, somebody had put where Billy had the list and had gotten it after they've cleaned everything up and he goes here I believe this belongs to you and kind of gives him a look like 
you were going to give them all that information kind of thing. You know what I mean? So that was an interesting mm-hmm. one. You know, like, makes you think, yeah. oh, I wonder if they did give, if he really did give all that away. Right. It'd have to be convincing enough, though. I was a little confused, though, because he seems genuinely, like, worried about the Libyans, but he knows all that's fake. Because that was just them setting all that up. Well, no, because there are real Libyans. Uh, well, I guess so. Yeah, because she said she she's the one who brokered it when really it wasn't. So, yeah, probably. Maybe it's just to make it seem like it. Well, and he was on the phone with her talking about it at Amanda's yeah. house. So it was kind of like, he knew all that was fake, but then he gets pressured into making this list. Well, because said, his intent, I mean, Barul's intent was to... to seller to the Libyans. So whether it happens through Magda or somebody else, he'll he'll find somebody else if this doesn't and work. He so, put a timestamp on it. He said you have an hour, so yeah. we gotta do something. Like that was yeah. that was his next timestamp. He's just gotta make it to that next hour, you know. I, I think he sold the stall, but no one else is gonna buy her for five million. I mean he knew all that was a uh, like a ruse. So actually been a good thing to sell her because then she'd get to the hell, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I just got confused in there. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. But now, because of this, now they have to get Lee out too. So how do they get Lee? So now they, he's, if he, you know, if they were only to buy Amanda, then what happens? Lee probably kill him, you know? So now they, that's why they kind of have to do it this way. But I see what you're saying on that too. Well, so yeah, Lee has I mean, her he turn around. He's being watched. He could be, you know, watched if he told her the truth. Like, hey, yeah. I've got to cover it even if he gets old. It's, you know, yeah. but still, it seemed a little too, like he was really believing it about the Libyans. So, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I'll have to pay more attention to that. Well, Lee tells her to turn around, because probably because her breath smells so bad, he can't stand it. But uh, then he <laughs> um, he puts uh, her necklace around him, and he says, now, it's going to need a new class, but, you know, this it should hold. And that's very sweet. It, you know, it means a lot to her that he got it back for, I think. My mother and the boys, and he goes, don't know anything. The agency's decision was to not say anything until it went public. And then he tells her that he went to the house. And she goes, you saw mother? He goes, it made me feel closer to you, which is so sweet. And he gives her a kiss on the forehead, which I love. I love that. She's like, is there a way out of this? And he tells her to sit down because he's going to start making out that list. And she's like, she's like, no, you can't do that. He's like, I'm trying to buy us some time. <laughs> she goes, you can't give in to people like him. You'll destroy everything you've done. There are millions of rules. You have to draw the line somewhere. He goes, look, I'm buying us some time, Amanda. I'm not going to let him sell you to the Libyans. She goes, I'm not crazy about that part either. She goes, you got here. I knew you would. He goes, I had hoped to get here under different circumstances. And here it comes. So sweet. He's like, you might not make it out of this one. Yeah, I know it really stinks, doesn't it? Amanda King, you are the best, the bravest, the smartest, most beautiful woman I have ever known. I love you. Then will you marry me? We're the luckiest two people on the face of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to die, but that's okay. Right. And then another couple of kisses. Do you guys ever notice when Kate kisses, she her eyebrows raise? Like, no, no, like no, oh. 
Like, oh, this is a good kiss. <laughs> she does it like on other movies too when she kisses people that's what she does it's really funny not every time but a lot of times she did it in charlie's angels even it's very sweet though so he's finally asked her i'm sure that wasn't the way he had intended to ask her but it's very cool so i had just finished um editing um the season finale of three jen and we were talking about, at the end, we were talking about how I wished it was a bit more passionate. This is what I'm talking about. Like, these yeah. poignant moments in their life where things um, come because of more of, you know, it's in a more passionate way than just a normal, you know, everyday thing. Like, they're, la- they're fi- finally them kissing. I wish it would have been, and Lexi, you agreed with me, rare instance, yeah. um, on, on this stuff, where it was it would have been cool to have that passion driven by more, more passion than it was. And this is one of those moments where I think they nailed it. And it's exactly how I would have intent and expected it and anticipated it. I agree. Yeah. I'll still stand by my original comment though, that season three, it was sort of tentative, right? They're still getting to know each other. And now it's all this time to be getting, now it's Yeah, but I'll go back to that. They, three years of, you know, will they, won't they, will they, won't they, and building and building and building. And it kind of, it fizzled a little bit. It was still great, but it fizzled a little bit for me. I thought it could have been a lot more grand than it was. Yeah, I guess I can see your point. But if I were, like, doing this dance with Lee, I'll say, yeah. let's say we're kind of doing this dance, yeah. I'd probably be just a little bit tentative once you got physical. Yeah. Until you really got used to it and kind of comfortable with it, then yeah. I'll really go hog wild, huh? <laughs> I don't know. That's just me. Yeah. No, I get it. it. No, I get it. And yeah, it, nothing's. Neither one's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's that's what I'm talking. When I when we were talking about that, this is exactly what I meant uh, by that. Uh, that passion. You know that it sh- I said angst, but I meant passion. Um, and Lexi filled in that word for me that I was looking for. But yeah, it was like more passion. And this is. I think they nailed what exactly what I was talking about on in this instance and i love it i thought it was great. yeah in this you just like feel yes like in this situation it's a little different because they're you know this could be like their last moment right right but you feel desperate like desperation, yeah like, desperate but, but, like they're this is their last moment and they just would rather be nowhere else than with each other yes like, you just, and it, even you if just, like, burn they're gonna and, die together yeah. at least they're happy they're mm-hmm. happy yeah. that they're together yes. and, yeah yes. it's very it's mm-hmm. very sweet so now mm-hmm. we have the fake magda which is only one Magda, and she's fake. But um, we have the fake Magda uh, with the uh, Habib brothers, right? And uh, she's talking with Billy. He's got to think a big dredge net's about to drop on his head. That's what he's telling her. She puts the headphones down, and and she goes over to the the door and says, that's Barul's truck. He'll have Amanda. Be ready to show the money. And then they start speaking in Farsi. And it's, again, it looks like Amanda, and it is Amanda, but it's not. It's supposedly Mara wearing the mask again. And so he comes in, and they they have their greetings. And then a car comes rushing up, rushing up, and it's um, the real Magda and the the real Libyans. And then... I thought it was like, just like, oh, she tripped, but she tripped on purpose to show her blonde hair that she was the fake one and the real Magda's out there, right? So that's mm-hmm. to get the more trust. And 
and she runs up uh, and then Magda jumps in the truck and they rush off. And then you see Mara kind of pulling off her mask. She goes, those weren't the Habib brothers, but what that was, he goes, but that was you except for the hair who set me up. She goes, the agency, they found out about the trade. Adi, I don't know how. I see you were clever enough not to risk your ace. So she realizes that it's Mara and not Amanda there. He goes, it's off. But the Libyans today, she goes, forget about the money, the Libyans. You and I can make a new Karbala. We'll even be martyrs. I don't think she wants to be martyrs with you. <laughs> so then we see Billy and Yusuf there. And uh, Billy's saying he's tracking Magna's signal. So they're able to follow her in. Brings Mara in with Magda right behind. He goes, the list? He goes, that's it. And then that's when he looks through, like you said, Lex, and says he knows enough that it, it, he's done a remarkably good, good job on it. Yeah. Amanda and him are just snuggled up on the, on the cot. It's kind of cute. You'll both be remembered as heroes and martyrs of the people. And then Magda throws the zap gas at them. And uh, he's going to be feeling like he's at the wrong side of a Mack truck two days in a row, I guess, huh? Mm-hmm. And then him and, and Lee are fighting and they get Lee's able to knock the gun out of his hand. And then Magda picks it up and holds it on him. Ooh, he gives him a good right. He gives him a left and a right. Oh my God. Seriously. Does that guy have a cigar in his mouth every time? Every time. Jeez. How can you get an with a cigarette in your mouth the whole time? That's ridiculous. Uh, he tells Billy to get out of there because, uh, of the get zap gas and Billy's like, we've been neutralized. We're fine. But Amanda and him don't aren't, aren't so fine. She goes, I don't feel so good. <laughs> and he says, I know, don't worry. Don't worry. It's, it's zap gas. And right now you won't be able to move. Let's just get comfortable. It's so cute. He goes, it only lasts for a few minutes. She goes, it better last longer than that. And they're both smiling. And then at the same exact time they go down, like they just fall asleep. That's pretty good. They were in tune on that one. All right. What do you guys think of this scene coming up? Do you like it, love it, or hate it? I hate it. I do too. We all agree on something. Wow, we all do. That's shocking. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I wish. I. I don't know. I just. It's. It's. It's disappointing. Yes. The the whole episode was so good, and then it does this. It was like really. Yeah. 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 So she comes in. She's got a, a few groceries. She's got some milk and some bread. She puts it in the fridge, comes around, sees the little blue box there. Is that Tiffany's? Would you guys think no. that's Tiffany's? Because no. the box is blue, but it's not a Tiffany's I don't know blue. Tiffany's box. It's definitely not Tiffany blue. It's blue, but it's not Tiffany blue. And because I have some Tiffany stuff and that's not real. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm wondering why if they went with blue box to make it seem like that. I don't know. Yeah, Anyways. Yeah, I did do like the... Yeah. Like the brand itself. Yeah, yeah. And then she realizes it's there and then she like sits down and she opens it up and then she pulls it out and she turns because Kate's always got to be filmed on that side. (laughs) And he comes around because they got to do it that way too. And it doesn't feel right. Yeah. She doesn't even like, he opens the door, she doesn't even look. She doesn't even I mean, it could be Billy sitting there. It could be and she's Francine. Gonna hear him. She's gonna hear somebody she knows he's there. He just left it on the desk, though. Yeah. He left it on How many people the desk. come through? I, I know. I the same thing. Why would you leave it on the desk? Yep. Like, 
don't. I don't I like. Mean, I don't I care for it. Juice, I would. I mean, okay. He did. He said the thing about the pension, like he did his his homework and stuff. But at the same time, he asked her when they thought they were gonna die. I I would want reassurance that like now that they're not dying, that he still wants to move forward at this time. And if someone like if Lee just left that ring on my desk, I would feel so. I don't know. I I would want like another declaration now that you're not in the moment of life or death. Let's 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 Ooh. let's talk about the elephant in the room. They're at the office. How romantic yeah. is that? Come on. I mean, I know it's their first time that, that that that's the same place they had their first kiss and all that. A lot of things have happened. But when you wanted to be at his apartment with a nice dinner to make up for the yeah. not so romantic, you know? I yeah. totally agree. I don't know what's going Yeah. Okay, so let's finish out what we see here. So he comes around and kind of closes the door quietly like he's trying to sneak up on her. And then he takes the ring from her and he puts it on his hands, uh, on her hand. And then, you know, they smile really cute and then they kiss. And then that's the end. So in the script, it definitely is different. I'll, I'll let you be the judge of that. All right, here we go. So fade in, agency corridor. Day seven on bullpen door, a woman removes tape from the temporary ATAC sign. So there's our answer. <laughs> there's our answer. It was a temporary thing. <laughs> With Lee walking past bullpen toward elevators. Yusuf emerges, cigar fuming in the middle of his mouth, bearing a trans file. Lee falls in stride, exchanges Yusuf's box for a fancy wooden box of cigars. They head for the elevators and wait for a car. During, Lee says, Modesto Supremas, it's time you started treating yourself better. Yusuf inhales in Arabic, says, a worthy gift in English, but not exactly in keeping with my humble Bedoin, Bedoin? Way of life. <laughs> what is that? Bedoin? I don't even know if that's a B-E-D-O-U-I-N. B-E-D-O-U-I-N. Uh, oh, nomadic Arab tribes. Okay. Humble oh, yeah. Bedouin way of life. He goes, humble? How much is your uncle with the oil wells worth? And Yusuf says, spiritually humble. Sorry about the job. why they back out? He goes, upon review, they felt I needed administrative seasoning. Okay, so now we get a little bit more insight into his job offer, too. Um, and Yusuf says, that is to say they don't approve of your slash and burn tactics. Lee says, no, they don't. They, uh, there's a beat and they shake hands. Thank you, my friend. Salam. If you f- see the Habib brothers, tell them to forget the fuel pods. Lee gives him the box as Yusuf gets in the elevator. And then we have an angle to include Amanda. The elevator closes. She shows him the cigar band still on her finger. That, so that must, I, I, I must have missed that in the script. That he put a cigar thing on her finger. Um, then puts her hand in her pocket. During the following, they get closer and more conspiratorial. Amanda says, morning, how do you feel? And Lee says, like I played all four quarters, zap gas is a nonviolent weapon, but just barely. You? And she says, my mother nearly talked me to death last night. You really started something. Lee, I wanted to tell her. I almost did. And Lee says, I almost told Billy this morning. She goes, we can't just tell them. Oh, by the way, Lee and I are engaged. And Lee says, right, we've got to bring them along, get them used to us, show a little affection first. And Billy, off camera, says, what's the big secret? 
and then they have an angle to include Billy and Francine wearing highly suspicious looks. And Amanda and Lee both say at the same time, secret? No secret. They go in opposite directions, turning back to exchange a private look the way lovers can't help but do. Freeze frame, fade out. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I like it better than the film version. It at least, like, they at least mention Dottie and Billy. But I don't like that it's like the day after. It's clearly the day after because he's, she's like, how you feel, you know, after the zap gas. And he's like, you know, horrible. So she's back at work the next day. That's just, that's not, that's not right. She was just for days with the terrorist, you know? Yeah, I like that, Jen. What's the third did, script did option? Did find a better tag, perhaps, on her bookshelf? Um, um, there, are some, there are some different ones coming up, yes. Okay, all right. One of them I from yours truly. <laughs> oh, yeah. all right. Excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, I, such a good episode. I felt a little let down from the tag because everything, like we said, from the beginning, it yeah. could have been a two-parter. It was so, yeah. there were so many intricate pieces and layers yes. upon layers that it could have really been a, a really, like, primo episode. But that tag just slightly let me down a little bit. Yeah. I don't yeah, hate it, but I don't, I don't like love it. it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. <laughs> Besides that, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you like the play? <laughs> no, I I get it. It that's how I felt on the last one, uh on not the last one, on the uh season 3 finale though, Jen, when I was talking about it. That's how I felt like that let down where I'm like, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was glad they finally kissed, but it was disappointing. And that's kind of how I felt with that one. Anyways, yeah, I mean, from my perspective, like, I didn't watch it like you did. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have to wait a whole summer. To yeah, next. yeah. I just watched them all in a row. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a little different for me. I can imagine. If I was yeah, I mean, I had to watch every just... week, you know, and hope yeah. that it didn't get, re, you know, um, interrupted by some stupid special they would have, you know. And then, yeah, you yeah. had to wait all summer. Yeah, you had to wait. And you're like, what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that you're already, now they're already dating and everything. And you're like, we missed all the fun stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. That was what yeah. was frustrating. So anyways, it's once again time for Dottie's Bookshelf, where we'll provide you the fanfic recommendations that tie into this episode. This time, Dottie had so many great stories to choose from. So you get not one, not two, not three, but four stories for the low, low price of, well, free. Dottie's first recommendation is The Night Before Nightcrawler, written by Lady Cornflake in September 2019. The story has about 3,000 words and is set, you guessed it, The Night Before Nightcrawler begins. It's a very adult version of the script's mention of Lee and Amanda testing out how far Amanda's seats go back in her vehicle. Really far, guys. Really, really far. Yeah. Oh, my. That sounds like a good one. <laughs> yeah. What's better than a hot story mixed with a little rain? Dottie's second recommendation is... It's Nightmares, written by Rianne D. in August of 2013 and has over 16,000 words. This story fills in the missing moments that we didn't get to see in the episode. Dottie's third recommendation is His Own Blood, written by Gail Delaney or Kisser Jack in May of 2003 and has about 11,000 words. Would Lee give everything to save Amanda? 
Our fourth and final recommendation is written by me, Taya, or TJSMK LVR. The story is already gone and was written in 2017 and has over 27,000 words. This, like most of my stories, is AU or alternate universe and deals with the aftermath of Amanda's kidnapping and then some. We hope you enjoy these recommendations and as always, we'll provide links to them on our website at www.mkcpodcast.com in the show notes, but you can also find them on fanfic.net. Turning the camera brings you videos from the video vault for the episode Nightcrawler. This was a hard one since there were so many good videos out there around this episode. Therefore, Ernie and myself couldn't lim- it, it limit it to just two videos, and now we can find four videos for you to enjoy. The first video is set to the song This Woman's Work by Kate Bush, and this is probably one of my favorite for Nightcrawler. And this is a heart-wrenching song for this episode with many, many great scenes of all of Amanda's adventures through the years to really pull at your heartstrings. And the creative credits for this video go to SNK Jenny Lee. The second video is based on the song Gravity of Love by Enigma, and this video is created by Love SNK and is set uh, to Lee's point of view. It's also a very good Nightcrawler video. The third video is put together by SNK Fan 13 with the song Through the Glass by Stone Sour. Uh, this is a long video with a lot of great scenes as well. Uh, the song Holding Out for a Hero by Bonnie Taylor sets the stage for the fourth video, which was put together by Billy Blue Note. There's lots of action and great scenes in this one. The videos can be found on YouTube and as always, we have provided links to the videos on our website at nkcpodcast.com. That wraps up our discussion on Nightcrawler. Join us next time for Billy's Lost Weekend. If you're looking for more fun in the meantime, be sure to check out our website, mkcpodcast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter at mkcpodcast or in our private Facebook group, Mrs. King's Chronicles. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.